No one's Shut up, the podcast is starting. That was uh, Dolph Lundgren, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That was Dolph. Dolph. Dolph? Dolph Lundgren? Dolph? Huh. Hello. Dolph? Hello, everyone. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Celluloid Breakdown. I'm Joey Bonnier, and right next to me is... Sure. And across from him is... Derek Laporte. <laughs> <laughs> I will say my own name after you say my name. Thank you. Hi, Derek. And next to him is Tim Snow. Ah, it's me, Tim Snow. Hi, Tim. Yeah. Permanent guest and big picture guy. Big picture. I take care of the big picture You're going to talk about the big picture? I'm going to talk about the big picture. I'm going to put it all into perspective. So you're going to be the only one that sees it on a theater screen and we're all going to watch it on TV. In fact, yes, I have abnormally large eyes. Our listeners can't see. but All his observations are the picture's really big. That's all it is. I got to tell you guys, this is one of the bigger pictures we've seen. That close up there? That was big. Yeah. What a face. Yeah. Okay, so guys, speaking of the big picture we saw. What yes. did we watch? We watched The Seventh Seal. Mm. Mm. Yep, yes. Seventh mm. Seal. Directed. the first six and went right to seven. That's yeah. it. Directed by Ingmar Bergman. Yes. Yes. Famous for making uh, His famous, wife famous. Yeah. movies. Famous for... Uh, Movies, <laughs> making a lot of movies. Ingrid. He he, he <laughs> wrote it as well, guys. So he wrote the screenplay. Wait, Ingrid was his wife, not his or his daughter. No, no, no. Ingrid became Ingmar. Oh, yes, it's like a Wachowski thing. It yes. all makes sense now. I don't think that that's the case, but, but yeah, it's not the case. No. <laughs> Where's the sad trombone for this horrible? So. <laughs> oh, he's got it somewhere. There we go. There we go. There we go. Wait, but yeah, um, I, I'm a slow reader. That's okay. Yeah. So actually, even before that, he wrote the uh, play. It was written as a play yes, in 1956. Wood painting. A painting on wood. Wood, wood painting. painting. Yes. That was, was the, that was the title of the play. That was the yes, title, that was of title of the oh, play. You're not just spouting right no, now. I thought, it was, an asshole. I thought it was titled uh, Medieval Fresco, but then that could be a translation issue. I feel like we were re- reading different wiki articles. Uh, actually, no. Mine's not from the wiki. Mine is from a... Ooh, published uh, from book. From a book. La Biblioteca. Yeah. I'm going to go a with book. Derek. I yeah. defer to Derek. From mm. a 19, I think, 75 interview with mm. him. Something like that. Well, according to Rotten Tomatoes, you're wrong. I have recently Rotten found out the libraries do still exist. It's yeah. an amazing thing. Yeah. All right. I mean, actually, that wood painting in a, a fresco is kind of a painting, right? A so, fresco I mean, is oh, a Oh, no. Painting, it's yes. exactly like what happened prefer, in the translation right? of the movie we watched. Because right. it, yeah. it is a dumbing down it, for an American audience. And you could, <laughs> you could imagine that a medieval fresco would oftentimes be on wood. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Just what, it, it's what it, it's yeah. what we think of maybe in yeah. our dumb minds I mean, as a wood painting. If you, if you really look at the big picture, Derek, that's <laughs> <laughs> you are the big picture guy. You translated it to the. I mean, and that's good because it deals with the texture. Texture. You know? Wood texture. Yes. Well, that's great. <clears throat> All right, guys. Uh, first impressions. <laughs> so, uh, Sean, Fall, let's go to you. What do you think? What do you think of this movie? What. <laughs> um, 
it's uh, it confused it, you no it's just kind of like on that borderline between like narrative and like fancy art bullshit that i hate and like there's enough of a narrative for me to not write it off completely but there's like enough of that like david lynch bullshit that you're supposed to like tie together in your own head and like write the movie for him and it's like fuck you asshole show me the movie you want me to see don't make me make it up in my head Okay. Right. <laughs> I thought it was a little more straightforward than a David Lynch film. Yeah, is. yeah, certainly. There's there's a narrative through line. There's a few, you know, there's a few things where it's like, what does this represent? What does that represent? But overall, I, I, I mean, it's not my favorite Bergman film. Uh, I picked this one because, of course, everybody has kind of, you know, this is like a classic film that's considered. It's been ripped, like by everything parodied by mm. so many things which we'll get into those later probably but bogus journey um, yeah, bill and ted. yeah bill and ted bogus journey being the primary one there was a 1968 one which has some which uh i guess was like a oscar nominated short mm. that ripped off this entire film uh i forgot the name of it i'll look this up and we'll talk about that later but um, yeah for first impression uh i mean this is not my first time seeing it i've seen it I guess this would be the third time. The first time I was much younger and was like, wow, you know, like, whoa, it's so deep, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then the second time, actually, I started watching it with like some people that I was kind of, in a way, I guess, forcing to see it. <laughs> like uh, now. And then I fell asleep <laughs> through the whole thing. And then I woke up like at the very end of it and uh, and then I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, I can't believe I slept through that. It's a great movie, right? And like, no one thought it was a good movie. Uh, <laughs> so, but but uh, for the third time, it's it's um, was it you know, charm? it's it's no, it's 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 good. And and of course, taken in the context of the time in which it was done, and the fact that it's kind of partially establishing, like, helped to establish art film mm. in general and art house. Film specifically, yeah. like um, large distribution of art. Correct. Yeah. Uh, then it uh, it it has a lot of historical value to it and everything. And I think that you know it's got it's got some interesting questions and it's got some talks about some interesting things that bother him later on in other films in his life. Like he's always kind of torn with these bigger questions of like God and like faith and like the lack of faith and doubt and everything like that um so it's it's a fascinating watch but not my favorite bergerman okay mm. yeah do you Tim. like the michael keaton one better oh sorry uh the michael keaton one yeah yeah wild me. strawberries um yeah i don't remember Starring michael, michael keaton, keaton wild strawberries i was referring to bergman oh, okay <laughs> Right. You know Bergman? <laughs> I actually I abhor that film. That film is a piece of trash. And yeah, when you now that you mention it, this film's a lot better than Birdman. So I would say that this film is like a thousand percent better than Birdman. Wow. Bergman better than Birdman? Birdman hates yes. thousand percent. <laughs> thousand percent. Damn. That's a lot. That's it a lot is a lot, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I almost fell asleep. Not of Birdman. Norton. No? I, I like her. Was it, yeah, was it the fact fine. that the whole film was a fantastic winner? 
Without any reason to be. Are we talking about Birdman now? We're talking about Birdman. Yeah, we kind of jumped off. Let's circle back from Birdman to Bergman. Yes. Uh, Tim, what did you think of this movie? I liked it. It was, uh, it was, uh, I was excited to see this. It was a lot lighter in tone than Mm. I was expecting. I was expecting something much more gothic. And, and, uh, uh, it was an interesting allegory. Um, I liked the art house aspects of it, uh, in you know, in contrast to Sean. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, it, it was. Uh, hmm. Yeah, mm. I agree. It was very thoughtful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, okay. Hmm. Joey. Hmm. What are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, let's leave me behind. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it at that yeah. for you. The I mean, picture you can... was big. <laughs> it's a, big, it's a, a little picture. bit too big. Very big picture. I'm still looking at all of it. Lots of thinking in there. Yeah, right. you know, okay. rotisserating upon it. <laughs> so, um, I did enjoy this movie. Uh, I do think it was a little bit over itself, but I thought that the meta moments were actually kind of funny. There's a lot of them uh, talking about actors and directors, if mm. you will, that that kind of stuff. But mm. also, I did like the duality of it. There were so many dualities: the black and the white, the yin and the yang stuff. There's so many, and I'm going to talk more about it in the sound. But I, not just the sound. I thought it was it was well done. Like there was some nice moments, and Max von Sydow is fantastic. Like he's a really good actor in this, and I liked his character actually. Um, was that the jester? No, Max no, von Sydow was the knight. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the uh, third three AI blind. Raven, Raven, Raven. Raven. but the but the the squire was great too. The squire was a great character too. Yeah, I'm sorry. The squire was also great. Yes, Uh, that's some of the best lines. The squire. Yeah, Yeah, so I I did follow the narrative and I did follow the story. Even though it was slow and a little bit, yeah, you were right, overwrought. But this was not a an art house movie where I couldn't. I I checked out. I was into it, Um, so I appreciated it. Um, And you know what? It was cool. I liked the uh, the period piece mass aspect of it. I liked using the black death as a juxtaposition for everything. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting, uh, device. Way to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Backdrop. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's really what it was. It was a narrative device. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, overall I did like it and I, I did appreciate the overall themes, I think is from what I gather, maybe I didn't get it on every single level mm-hmm. for sure. I, I'm, you know, but I think if you're in that mindset of I'm, I'm willing to contemplate an extra level to filmmaking and see it on another level and maybe think about religion and good and evil and blah, 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 and all these deep themes. And yeah, you might, you'll probably enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said it like it's the last part of our podcast, but yeah. <laughs> it's only the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, in just in case you've already checked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so th- let's talk about the story for a little bit, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean. Yeah. It's, um, you know, if you take like the first act of Robin Hood and make it like really, really slow and kind of boring and like drag it out and then make it kind of like sad at the end, um, that's pretty much what you got there. Uh, you got a guy returning from the Crusades and he's like, you know, got his little companion squire there and they're uh, wandering around and they're, you know, meeting people. Then we get into introduced to the, uh, the jester actor troupe and his wife and kid. And then like someone that calls himself the director, but I don't really understand what was going on there. Cause he just kind of disappears and then like reappears. But then they're, uh, yeah, they're just kind of following each other around town. And the night is like playing chess against death, which is weirdly intercut. Um, 
and then yeah, I guess help me out because story is kind of weird here for me. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then they. Well, they eventually are trying to make it to his castle. Yeah. The whole point mm-hmm. is that they're on the road to the knight's castle, and he's kind of picking up people along the way. Did Did we ever get like a reason why he decided to hang out or to like? Uh, why did the jester go with the knight? <laughs> like, I did protection, I, I believe. Yeah, the jester went with the knight for going protection, in the same direction, and the knight or? took him with him because he was like. It, he was just kind of having fun with the family, and well, he was he was reflecting on life and like looking for answers. Plus, he wanted to bone his wife. And that, I mean, you know, BB Anderson. That's a bonus yeah. for him, I think. BB yeah. Anderson. There might be an undercurrent of that because, yeah, definitely, definitely he has fell that comment. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he was flirty. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She was. Yeah. He Man. did drink her milk. That's well, and quite a euphemism. Actually, she didn't. Uh, he didn't eat the strawberries, though, did he? Uh, well, it took a lot of prodding, yeah. I think, and yeah, then he yeah, finally yeah. ate and then some he ate of those strawberries under duress. Yeah. Under duress, strawberry strawberry. Yeah, but then wild that, strawberries. So they basically continue on the road there. They get to the castle. Along the way, the death is kind of like popping in and out and playing some more chess and like fucking well, with his also, head and shit. Don't forget about the witches and they run, well, not the witches, oh, but the yeah, people they, they run into, the, the priests and the. Yeah, so there's a lot of those performing, scenes. and all of a sudden there's like a the, the world's first worst parade ever where the. People are being whipped, carrying crosses, and then like mm. people are whipping them and whipping them, and then we find that there's some sort of witch lady that they plan on burning at some point, and we follow that thread along for a little bit, yeah. and we we're about to watch her get burned, and then all of a sudden, like the knight and everyone like please, yeah, their stomach gets turned or something, and they they don't want to watch her get burned, and so they walk away, and then we assume she gets burned, but nothing really happens from there. They get to their house. They get to the knight's castle, and we meet his wife. I guess. Well, okay, so you're missing which one important part. So oh. he's playing chess against uh, death, and he kind of tricks the chat. He tries to trick some, so he throws his uh, cape over the pieces. Oh. No, and that's I, like, really well, tricking. It was more like a child overturning a table, and like exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the yeah. a better. So I think that well, was the moment where he knew he wasn't going to win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. He tricked death into yeah, letting the other the family. Around leave without getting killed right. i suppose or really is that what happened there i yeah. didn't get that at all yeah yeah so right? that happens and he realizes that they're going and he'd said earlier that he wanted to do one meaningful deed so even though it seems oh, so like he was distracting death from them leaving is yeah. kind that of was supposed to be? much yeah and and he's and taking the bullet well i but get it it just didn't the work. odd thing well the odd <laughs> thing about it is that, yeah yeah and the odd thing about it too is that it's not it doesn't seem like a plan that he has yeah. earlier it's a plan it's a that he gets opportunity in that moment so thus you know, I mean, it, you got to be like, yeah, you got to no be really, really, no- you got to be really, really following it to get that. Yeah. So I think that that's the reason why it's, it's, and you know, and there's a lot of dialogue at the time too. Yeah. So you're not necessarily yeah. paying attention to the look that he gives. Yeah. The, you're so busy trying to figure out which subtitle belongs to who. Right. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's fascinating in this that, um, so, so death uh, is of course a personification. It's actually a person in this. There's a person who is death, but all well, of it's the, not a real person because not everyone can see them until certain I mean, points. So it's like, but you thing, see death as a man. The thing is, is it's a man. That's, right, right. that's it's, what I mean by okay. personification. It's like personification is is giving Hercules human qualities to something. Yeah, yeah. Just human qualities to mean. a thing, to an abstract thing. Copy that. Um, so over. It shows as a, <laughs> it shows as a Sean Hurd person, <laughs> right? Um, but but. 
Um, let's just give a background on this. But uh, we never see death actually do anything, so to speak. We see him cut down a tree, but the way that the thing shot. Yeah, that was a dick move. Why didn't the guy just come out of the tree? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he should have. Uh, it was a long the, time. Save a tree. Yeah, it was, I, it, it was the tree's time, too. That's true. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, but, he was there for the tree. The guy was just a fucking casual. He was there for the tree, and the guy was huh? climbed the wrong tree. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and all the insects underneath. Yeah, but we never see, we, we never see all the violence <laughs> and all the horror, so to speak, is done yeah. by people to other people in this mm-hmm. and it takes place during that time in which people were all like always doing bad things because like the you know the church at the time was like uh like attributing like oh it's witches doing this thing right, that's but- the reason for black death like god is angry at us and then and then so we see kind of like the horror of humanity so to speak uh but yet every time we get kind of this thing with death it's much more of a kind of peaceful demise. It's like, oh yes, this is the final. It's over. A reprieve, yeah. But it's not. It's not like no one's like fighting against it, you know? Uh, really. Well, yeah. I mean, at the end, basically, we are following people through the. Uh, uh, they basically are walking along, and then we wake up with the uh, the jester and his wife and kid. Mm. Are they dead? Like, is that supposed to be the afterlife there? Who, the jester Just, and the wife and the jester? No, 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 they got out. No, no, they're fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking that, but then he said something about the the fool plays the uh, the lute at the end. Wasn't he, he the fool playing the lute? Like, I mean, he is, Wasn't he seeing himself walk up that hill? No, no, no. The fool playing the lute was the final person in the line. Right. Wasn't he the only fool playing a lute in the entire do, movie? So I do know um, what Sean means. Like, it could be kind of read that maybe way. Maybe that yeah. way. Okay. Um, I thought he was going to Lynchian here? Or? I, I no, think, not necessarily, but... I mean, I... And it could be that, like, oh, in the future he sees because he you will die, so he will see himself eventually, yeah. like, dead and like doing that. But um, I kind of got the idea that, that they it, like woke up in heaven. I mean, they were in like a peaceful place. Like everywhere else we were, kind of sucked. But when we left them, they were like, you know, pretty cool. But the, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. we, we well, left. They left us really. And then we caught up to them. It That's true. Like, they were always yeah. pretty cool. Like every time we showed them, they were pretty like peaceful and like mm-hmm. nature and harmony and shit mm-hmm. and like. I thought the end and the beginning were very similar in that they <clears> both <throat> used the beach, uh, which was a symbol to me, I thought, of birth and death. So mm. I don't think you're so far off. But I do think that family symbolized Mary, whatever, Joseph, Virgin Mary, and Jesus. So I think mm. that they are supposed to go off and live, I okay. suppose. I think. I, I, I don't they know. The yeah. Yeah. Like, correct, yeah, I true. think. Um, that's my guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's that heavy, but it's pretty. Well, yeah. I mean, he does theorize that his son is going to be the acrobat that holds the ball still He's a air. Michael. He's the angel Michael. Yeah. The yeah. juggler who can actually do three balls instead of two, <laughs> yeah. right? Wow. Maybe. Worst fucking That's part of the move. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph is a loser. Let's just be honest. Joseph is a big fucking fool. He's always been a fool. cuck. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. It pains me to say it. my God. Jo- Joseph's a cuck. <laughs> Joseph's a cuck. <laughs> Pains me to say. It. Can we call the episode Joseph? I, I hope not. <laughs> this isn't a TBC. We don't just name it after some line in oh, the thing. Yeah, yeah, come on. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean <laughs> that is it, it is kind of like uh I, I feel like the family thing, I feel like they get away because obviously like uh there's a suggestion that kind of fam this family is the only ones who kind of escape this black death and it 
And two, because it's important that they get away too, because otherwise it's not really a meaningful act that the meaningful deed, sorry, that the, that the, uh, knight did, right. If they don't get away, then, you know, then what was the point? So, um, uh, so yeah. Um, should we talk about some of the, uh, characters? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about, well, let's talk about, you said him, Antonius Block. Antonius Block. Yes. Um, The knight, the noble knight. So does anybody want to guess what age, uh, Max von Sydow was when he played this part? 28. Yeah, he read it. No, I didn't. I guessed. I swear to God, I guessed. Uh Okay. All right. That's exactly it. Is it 35? It's 28. No, he's, 20. he's, he's just, literally he's 28. so melancholy that he just has this age to him. Mm. This you know? long Which face is why it's interesting like, that like when he was, was his he had to have been like 38 or 40 when he played the, the priest in uh, the old uh, Exorcist. That, no. Yeah. The, in the, that was in the 70s, right? Was oh, that yeah. the 70s? Yeah, that yeah. was the 70s, I think. I thought that was like 68. That's like no, 71. No, that's, 71? 71? Sure. Not a whole lot of difference between 68 and 71. Yeah, it's four years. So like <laughs> four. Uh, yes, big difference. 73. Well, as soon as it hits that 73. 70, so still, he's like in his 40s. You know, and he plays mm-hmm. a, a, like the priest is, you, you, you think he's in his 60s. Right, well, so he's probably like only still like what, like he's 40 years old I, now? Yeah. I'm going to argue that's the, the white know? hair, the Steve Martin syndrome. The uh, It was blonde in my opinion. It was I mean, a black and white was movie. was black and white. He's uh, blonde. <laughs> well, I mean, but... As far as the movie-going audience of the time is concerned, his hair was probably always white. Really? <laughs> They're Swedish. I think they, they assume everyone's people blonde. People don't understand colors unless you show them colors. <laughs> I mean, they can't though, possibly but, exist. But didn't people know that like Henry Fonda's eyes were like blue? No, that's what Peter Jackson showed us with that stupid war movie he just remade. Okay. <laughs> now we're off to the races. So this is why Sean doesn't understand art pictures. Yes. Uh, not that I don't understand art. It's that I hate art. Well, that's fair. fair. It's, it's, it's more than fair. fair. It's okay. It's fair. Yeah, he can hate whatever he wants. He's allowed. That is your right. Just, just, just let him hate. He can hate whatever you want. Just let him hate. Okay, so the, for those of us who don't hate... Um, <laughs> What do you think about the other characters? We talked about death a little bit. What mm. about I I guess, looked, and Mary and Joseph? We talked about. I looked at all the characters as kind of like uh, uh, like representations of, or like like different characterizations archetypes. Of, yeah, archetypes. Really. Yeah. 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 Sure. Uh, there was another word I was looking for that's just lost somewhere mm. in there. But uh, you know the the fool being. Uh, they were all D and D racing class. Like yeah, absolutely. Were- <laughs> Save me. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So yeah. the fool needed to be saved. Uh, the yeah. I think the fool. That's an interesting part where because the fool really is the guy who kills himself, or I'm yeah. sorry, goes up yeah. the the tree and dies. The guy who actually has he's the real fool. Joseph's not the fool. I don't believe. Yeah. Really, he's not the cuck. His wife doesn't cheat on him. Mm. <laughs> Well, it's Wait. assumed that she might cheat with she's Max von Sydow's character. She's strawberries. We don't see her do it. We don't give it away or fruit. The actual cuck in the story is the big dude who. Yeah, the actual cuck is the the blacksmith. Yeah, blacksmith. Yeah, who was the guy that went up the tree and died? The was the director. He's another actor. He's just yeah. He was the with the fake beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's got the fake beard and he's got the fake beard. Circling back to the point that I got lost in and needed saving from. Um, 
I, I, I kind of saw all these characters as like different representations of views on mortality. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the, with the squire being the, the more realistic grounded in reality and the, and the, uh, in in the Max von Sydow character being like the search for meaning within mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the fool or the, the cuck or Joseph. Uh, being the... He's not a cuck. No. Wait, we, we have to decide who the fool is because you got me confused. So I think of the fool being like the guy that can't juggle more than two fucking balls. Yeah, totally. That's exactly. I like him. I think he's a good guy. Oh, he's he is, but he's fool. And I think that's... He's not a fool. That's why I questioned why you said he's he an was... an actor. Like, but I think, uh, to me, the, the like takeaway is the guy that, you know, is kind of just going on his own and like having fun with life and like enjoying his wife and kids is like the way to fucking go. Like mm-hmm. everyone else is kind yeah. of like fucked up and like entrenched in all this bullshit. And here's this like dude that's he, like considered the fool, but he's kind of got shit figured he, out. He like, laughs in the face of danger exactly. until, well, okay. So especially at the cafeteria scene, he's laughing when guys threatening his life until yeah. he throws the knife down onto the table and the background. But even then he diffuses that with exactly. The no, same. I'm saying he's, He's great. I'm t- I like Joseph. The, I'm trying to say rogue. he's not he's a fool. The, yeah. <laughs> I just think that uh, he's the fool is really the guy who's who's trying to who's the actor who's seducing the wife and who. But but I understand what you're saying because he plays the lute and he's wearing the the you know the jester pants That's, and all that yeah. stuff. So yeah, I get that. But I think that um, I don't know. He's redeemable. He's the one of the few redeemable. I understand what you're saying. I don't think. Well, we're definitely using the word fool uh, differently. And okay, I think yeah. is fair enough. That. Fair <laughs> enough. Yes, that's, that's absolutely fair. Uh, but I like what you said about having you kind of, uh, each character is kind of representing how you deal with death. And mm-hmm. one is kind of laughing in the face of death. So you deal with it in like, you know, especially the squire yeah. deals with it. We kind of laughing at it. And, no, and you know, the noble knight Antonius mm-hmm. deals with it by like, you know, asking noble questions in honorable ways and trying to deal with it head on. And then, you know, um, and even like the, the witch supposedly deals mm-hmm. with it by just, you know, unflinching, uh, you know, I don't know, unflinching yeah. bravery. Yeah. She's embracing just, Satan. Yeah. Embracing it. It's weird because actually she seems to not have any doubt whatsoever, which is like not what the knight has. The knight yeah. does have some level of doubts. She has what the knight, yeah, cannot quite have. Yeah, she exactly. has the, what he wants. She really. has that faith, that you know, the certainty. unbelievable leap of faith. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, is that bravery or is well, that? Well, I just call like, it that in the sense of the knight wishes he has that bravery. The bravery of facing death without I mean, be any fear. To me, it felt more like hypnosis, though. Like you would, you would that, ever, sure, it's part of it. I mean, it, it, it didn't. To me, I think no, that's why we we and I agree with you here. We view religion different ways, or mm. it, some people could view view religion different ways. Does it offer hypnosis, or does it offer comfort? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, to that woman, she got not, to she yeah. got to basically go up to the end comfortable, in quotes. Yeah, you know, believing what she believed uh, was it hypnosis, maybe, and mm. I think that's part of it. You know. Uh, and that's why this religion part is so fascinating. The way he deals with it is really cool. I like I like that he makes it open interpretation. And I like, again, all the dualities of it. It's always, um, 
Is it good? Is it evil? Is it good to scare some the audience or is it good to make them laugh? And right. it's constantly that play between them. If you, we actually see it when we're interrupted by the funny play and the audience is laughing and then all of a sudden we get the parade of death and the witch is coming and we hear the horrible music and and we hear the scaring of it. And and mm. you guys were like, and Sean even said, like, I like the scare. <laughs> I like scaring better. I think, what would you say? You like, I, I like to be scared or something like that. And I was like, yeah, it's true. Some people like horror movies or some people like romantic comedies. It was, it was really meta, but it was really fascinating um, the way we deal with everything. And uh, I don't know, I just liked it all. I liked that moment. I liked all the juxtapositions of it. And I thought it worked. It wasn't like too artsy for me. And that can happen a lot in these movies, but I didn't think it happened for me there. Mm. So there's a few different interpretations of archetypal breakdown, but uh, one of the versions I'm looking at here with the 12 archetypes kind of nails a lot of it. So there's the uh, the magician, which makes dreams come true. Uh, there is the sage who is uh, always seeking truth. Uh, there is the innocent uh, who just wants to be happy. There is the outlaw who seeks res uh, revolution. The jester uh, lives in the moment. The lover makes you theirs. Uh, the explorer breaks free. Uh, the ruler wants to abs wants absolute power. The caregiver uh, nurtures you. The hero wants to prove himself. The regular guy or girl wants to belong, and the creator craves perfection. So I think like each one of those is pretty much addressed mm -hmm. like somewhere in this. Yeah, yeah. As you were going through the list, I was, you know, every, I, I, I was trying to, I don't think I could name every one of them, but so. I think I got most. I don't know if I could yeah. name every one. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> we don't have to do character. Let's talk about those, those actors then. Let's talk about some of those characters as actors. Did you think that uh, Max von Sydow did a good job, for instance? Derek? Yes. Great. Okay, Tim. <laughs> I thought he was probably one of the one of the only yeah. good actors. Yeah, in the he's, picture. He's, I thought he was great. That I thought yeah, that that was had. fantastic. Yes. There was some great yes, moments when he was standing there in front of the in front of the girl that was going to be burned at the stake. Yes. Oh that was a fantastic, that was incredible. Moment. Mm. Yeah. He's great when they just the camera is on him for an extended period of time. Yeah. And he is great at finding his spot and find the like. Okay, he, he just one. has presence. I'll give yeah. two moments. I thought presence. Two, yeah, I, two moments that stood out. I'll give you one. One, his confession scene with death. Yeah, and he was blocked perfectly. Obviously, the director and the cinematographer get all credit here, but the way the cross was on his face uh, in shadow. I thought that it was just a great scene. Uh, blocking wise, just the over the shoulder, you get both of them in there kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was a great moment for him. And I also thought, yeah, the moment where he was also behind the bars, kind of, if you will, when the wit, when he's talking to the witch mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. was uh, really kind of getting involved and kind of talking specifically about life and death and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff with her. To me, the uh, the uh, confession scene kind of bumped me a little bit because I feel like it would have been more powerful if we didn't know it was death the whole time. If he if the reveal was later, yeah, if the reveal was with the character, That's I think we would have been a little bit more connected to that moment. But like just knowing that it's death the whole time, you're like just yeah. well, it's not on. it's not that supposed to thing. It's not like a reveal all the oh, time. No. Yeah. Like even with the chess stuff, it, like they reveal it quickly and then they just play. Mm. Like I know what you mean. They could like they could. I just, you know, that's play that's and then reveal later. Yeah, it's a different thing. It, you're right, though. I don't it's think he's going. I, I just don't think he's going for yeah, the yeah. I also think as audiences it. today, we're we're used to being titillated so much more. Mm, true, true. We're looking for more than he's trying to give us. Yeah, exactly. It's a good point. 
I like uh, my tits what, So the other guys, you didn't like that, Tim? You thought the acting was bad otherwise, besides Max Alcido? Well, the the actor in uh, in particular, um, I, I remember the uh, the opening scene where he, um, you know, our fool, our Joseph, our cuck, uh, <laughs> wakes up and he, he goes out and he's sitting there just having his morning routine, talks to the horse and such. And then when he has the vision of the Virgin Mary uh, walking uh, the the baby Jesus and teaching him to walk and so on. He, the, his acting is just God awful. It's just fucking shit. I agree. Actually. I thought he was annoying. Um, and I thought a lot of the acting in the, a lot of mugging. A lot of, yeah. Just a lot of really hammy over yeah, the top stuff. Chewing mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was, well, I assume it's intentional as a juxtaposition from the stark in sort of stark contrast yeah. to Max von Sydow's exactly. performance. Um, that, and that's again, why, you know, call but him you guys, the fool yeah, you guys call him the jester and the fool mm, and yeah. that's his thing, you know, yeah. he's yeah. over the top and, uh, you know, he wasn't horrible. He just, at moments I didn't like it. That's all. But again, he uh, forgiven, maybe yeah. some stuff was lost in translation. I forgive a lot there too, yeah. because he did have a really excellent quality of wonder to him though. Mm. You know, what about, um, Derek BB, BB Anderson? Yeah, Talk about the, BB for a sec. One did of you, the, you think uh, of members of the Fox Squad. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God. International Fox Squad. This is not a real thing. Is that Derek TM? Yes, basically. Yeah. Uh, She's in the Hall of Fame. It, it, yeah. Derek's so, wall. <laughs> no, yeah. So she's, she's good. I think she's good in this because, you know, she's... Um, she plays that angelic part pretty well, and the, kind of the motherly part in this some is the parts. Fool's oh, for sure. Yeah, she's, she's Mary. like like when he comes and he's gotten in the fight, and she's just like like cleaning his face off and like yeah. kind of getting on to him, but yeah. it, also at the same time like being kind of loving. It's oh my god, feeding really him milk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The mother yeah. of the virgin, the slut. Terrible yeah. mother. I mean, she doesn't even put a diaper on her baby well, in the entire. Movie. I mean, that's what you call free range chicken. <laughs> Thirteen, like fifty. Let's forgive a little bit, you know. I mean, what are they? Gonna, they're pooping everywhere. Yeah, they put the baby yeah. shit down its leg. You know how many times you have to <laughs> wash a diaper? Fuck that. Yeah, that's just fair. gonna hold that's it out fair. the back of the fucking trolley. Yeah, that's and a waste yeah. of good water. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's only they, so much yeah, water they, going they on. They don't have diapers. The water at the was CVS. kind of a an undrinkable. Yeah. Resource yeah. back Although then. there was a lot of water, like no one was doing wine or beer or anything. Seemed like they were all going for water the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Very historically inaccurate. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. I think I would, yeah. If but I that, lived at that time, I'd just be drinking all the time. Well, the, uh, the yeah. Satanist ladies' uh, pits were shaved, so that was pretty out of time, too, I would think. Mm. Maybe she just said, like, uh, underarm uh, alopecia. Joey, historically, were there a lot of pits shaving back well, in the let's, 1600s? Let's also think of Europe. They still don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are some people who are just naturally not hairy, Sean, <laughs> especially people who live in the north sometimes or, or who are more blonde, mm. if you will, you know? And so that's, you're saying there wasn't enough contrast? but the- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to say it's Scandinavia, that's mm. all. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, this is 13-something. It's a black death, so I'm assuming it's something like that in the 14th yeah. century in Sweden. Well, like, I, most yeah. of the dudes were pretty clean shaven too. So like, I mean, I, 
Max von Sydow had a nice haircut. I was wondering yeah. how who gave him that nice fade in the back, uh, you know, in 1350. It's, it's yeah. like today when you do a period piece and the actor has like a gleaming eight shades of white smile that is just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. blasting. I have a theory. The I have a theory the squire cut his hair and then uh, Max von Sydow cut the squire's hair and oh, that's yeah. why and his squire's yeah. hair is so shitty looking. <laughs> missing like <laughs> fucking patch in the back. The squire, <laughs> the squire is missing his calling because he's a great barber. Like yeah. Max von Sydow. Yeah. Yeah. Great cut. Yeah. Great cut. Yeah. Who can deny it? He does yeah. a fantastic good. cut. Would you call it a super cut? For thirteen fifty, no. that's you can't beat that. The squire no. had a super can't. cut. <laughs> yeah. The squire had a fucking five dollar haircut yeah. all day. You can't beat that. Yeah. Uh let's see. Um I thought it was interesting the, the again the, the juxtaposition I said it of the black death. Uh and obviously the literal black death. <laughs> they talked about it. He picked black when he was the, you know, picked when they started playing the chess game. Mm. Uh his his robe is black, is black, you know, black as death. There's a million different juxtapositions there. Uh, but I thought this was, uh, it was cool because medieval times, it was perfect for the, you know, the is way- Is the word the, juxtaposition used on anything but film I show? don't think he's using <laughs> We've talked word about juxtaposition <laughs> entirely correctly. That is also true. Me? Uh, Fair. In, you've said the word a lot. At times, it's been- not that you know been, what this- oh, I've used it three times, you know and twice, I think, maybe have been ironic. Uh, so let's just- Yes, it's for yeah. film podcasts Email and for us film in people. with your opinions on Joey's use of the word. No, it just means you're, you're taking, you're comparing two specific things against each other in a specific moment. Sometimes I think. Fawcett Studios, exactly. And even if it's not just position, that, that, that's what I'm trying to say. In some yes. moments here, it, there's layers. You're if just you will. comparing things. That's all. <laughs> but there is a specific re background of the, if you will, the medieval times, which gives it this, uh, you Dinner know, and tournament. This. Care is lack of care of life. You know, everyone's dying. People are dying when they're 30 years old. 60% of Europe is dead. Mm. So I think that's the background I'm trying to say. Mm. And the juxtaposition, I think, is fair. If you talk about <laughs> the Black Death versus the narrative of this story I in some ways. contrast. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, it also has that interesting thing of like, okay, these guys just, like the knights just survived the crusade. He's mm. just gotten away from this terrible thing. And yep. now he comes back and there's this worse thing going on, mm. you know? Mm. And so it's like really out of one thing and into another. Just like Robin. And maybe, I mean, maybe that says also too, like to the time that this was done in, in which... You know, we're coming out of World, World War, War II, II. Yeah. and now we have kind of this nuclear scares yeah. coming on uh, wow. and the complete destruction of sure. the world. Yeah. Uh, so something even worse, like yep. a, a black death, if you will, uh, what compared do you, to what was the Crusades. Excuse me, I'm sorry. What do you know about uh, Ingmar Bergman in this period? Was he specifically, like, because it was interesting, Sweden in the war was, I believe, either neutral or kind of went towards the Nazis. Uh, really? Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Ingmar yeah. Bergman, I know, was uh, like... I, I so read I'm this. curious I read that what he, he had like in... a fascination with Hitler in his teens. Mm. Oh, interesting. That he later felt like deep regret and remorse. Oh, about. you're right. He attended so, a Nazi rally in yes. Weimar, in which he saw Adolf in Hitler in 1934. Yeah. He was a summer exchange student in spending months in Germany. And was it just because he like kept saying they were the perfect people? I don't know why. It doesn't really say here. I don't yeah. want to put words in his. But, uh, well, no, I mean, like, I, I yeah. to me, I never made any connection with the, uh, any of the Scandinavian countries, like, actually backing or being um, well, in favor of 
the Germans or Each Hitler. one is unique in their own way. So just to clarify, in my mind, the only two countries that had anything to do with the Nazis were Italy and Japan. Other than that, yeah. there are no other Axis powers. Yeah. Okay, mm. so you want me to give you a little- Please. Back? Sorry. So let's just quickly talk. Finland, Sweden, and Norway is what we're talking about. And each of them actually were completely unique in what they were. Finland was involved in a war against Russia, mm. for, uh, which is interesting because obviously Russia is the, the allies. Right, yeah. uh, Sweden, I believe, was pretty much neutral until they were kind of a puppet of, of Nazi Germany. Hmm. And Norway held out for the allies until Nazis paratrooped in and invaded them in early 1940. So right when they were kind of invading France, they, so they took the over. Whole they took over. So it's pretty much, yes, controlled by at least by the Nazis in that era. Now the Norway Norwegians fought where I think the Swedish more kind of tried to bargain, if hmm. you will. So I think it was slightly different, but I'm sorry, Derek's about to give me a little background here. Cause I'm more curious specifically no, about Ingmar Bergman I, I mean, and how after, he was. Well, but, but after that, so, uh, so 1934, he goes to that thing in 38, he has a, he's a compulsory military service, a brief stint, mm. but also it, it has as the same year, him going to Stockholm university and then he starts directing plays. So throughout the time in which kind of, you know, what World year was two, this? this is that was thirty eight. Okay. Um. So, th in nineteen forty, he leaves the university. In forty three, he's uh, working uh, as script development. Uh, he gets married, and he has a daughter that year. Uh. So he was kind of living his life, I think, during during that time. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. Maybe yeah. racist. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, based upon the thing that's here, I mean, it's just like he attends a rally in which, yeah, Hitler spoke at. Mm. It doesn't talk about uh, uh, whether what his politics were, and I don't know that he was ever political, um, because I don't think I don't think I've ever seen a film of his that's really political. This he's is the first I've seen of his. He's dealing with kind of grander questions, mm. you know, all the time. Life, the universe, and everything. Were you guys not yeah. seeing any parallels to like a, a rumination on post-war society as we were watching this? Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was also I, I was trying to piece together all the religious stuff and all the religious critiques, honestly, because there was overwhelming to me. And I, as a person of such militant atheism, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was troubling to. I didn't want to. Yeah, go there, but I, I was interested in all of Ingmar Bergman's uh, critiques on religion, kind of thing, and mm. and how he blamed the Crusades on religion, and then he came back, and we see how religion has, you know, scared the people, if you will, and caused mm. all these and the deaths and all this horrible thing. In the so, whole aspect with the actors being hired by the church to pretend to scare people yeah. and shit. Everything pretty much comes back to yeah. religion in some ways. It's a really interesting question of like, how could there be a God in such a horrible world? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Joe, the silent tell God me, especially. Tim, what? How, how could there be? Well, Joe. if you look at the big picture. Quick correction. I just want to say that Sweden was slightly, nor no, I want to say neutral. And then they mm. did help out the Jews, uh, specifically Denmark's Jews. They were brought to safety in Sweden. So I don't want to paint them as uh, Nazi collaborators completely. So they, they were good and bad in some ways because they did Isn't allow the Wehrmacht to use their railways. So, you know, it, it, there's good and bad in there. They were neutral. What's Who's the Wehrmacht? The Wehrmacht is, I'm sorry, is the German army. Ah. I, I apologize for using that term. <laughs> I should I should like say what I'm doing. I get like nerdy terms in here. <laughs> no, that's fine. Just yeah. 
we'll, you know. we'll mock you and then you'll Fair expound. Enough. You should. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so if we were to cast it today, what would we do? Hmm. Hmm. This is the first I've thought of it. <laughs> okay, so let's just start with Max von Sydow. What, who, who uh, Max von Sydow. Still, <laughs> still kicking. Why not? Let's just yeah. have him oh, no Still kicking. Kind of still looks no the same. Yeah. <laughs> this knight doesn't have to be old or young necessarily. I mean, younger to to kind of seduce that woman. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily too young, though. No. Who was the dude from um, uh, Life is Beautiful? Roberto Benini? Ben, is it Benini? Yeah, I want him to play the jester. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. I think I it's the hair that. you're thinking of, but sure. It's that just outspoken, you know, sort yeah, of over like the broad, big personality. Yeah. Pinche Besa. So there's a, you know, that fucking, yeah. The jester? No, Ben Mendelsohn. Who the fuck is that? Ooh. Uh, he's like the bad guy in every Star Wars movie now. Oh. Um, yeah. I like that. There's also a Mississippi grind. Shout out to that movie. Mm, right on. Recently, the bad guy, or necessarily, not really to the I don't movie, want to say but to the character. Uh, a, a character in a uh, character in Captain Marvel. Was bad. Uh, maybe it's just racist, but itself. I want the uh, the lady from Vikings to play the uh, the jester's wife. Mm. 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 Yeah. Mm. Mm. Derek, what are you thinking about Cass as a day? Um, I'm thinking. Uh, um, why not go uh, Jay Burichell? It's not bad. Who is that and what for? Uh, let's have him be uh, the knight. <laughs> really? Yeah, let's replace Max von Sydow. Damn, a bold and, choice, Cotton. Yeah, I don't know if that's know, a good choice. I think we need someone a with a little good, bit more no. gravitas. No, maybe not. Okay, so John's. He's John's. How about that? That's even better. That's even better. Who? Who is this now? Uh, Jay Burichell. Okay. Bear, bear we need a heavy everybody, hitter. Everybody oh, Google that fucking no, dude. We need a heavy hitter. Uh, okay, I'm everybody sorry. Google him. I'm gonna hijack this. Yeah. So first off, Guys. Catherine Winnick. That was the uh, Catherine the lead. Uh, yeah, the lady yeah, from we're, Vikings. We're, yeah, yeah. Vikings. It's, it's gotta be Margot. It's gotta be Margot Robbie. Really? Mar we got a fucking. That's a good call. Oh yeah, yeah. Put Margot Robbie. Blonde hair. Absolutely. Margot Robbie's the BB Anderson of our generation. No, we need a very motherly figure. I would say Amy Adams. I'm going Amy Adams. I like her. You check her. We're you always take her for going. Everything. Yeah, I like You're her for everything. Emma Watson. <laughs> That's who we have, guys. This is what we have We've to got work Amy with. Amy Adams and the Emmas. That's it. These are the famous people. <laughs> Maybe Emma Stone. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like uh, Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts, huh? <laughs> A little off the beaten path. Yeah. No. Right. Emily Blunt. Does Royalty. she count as an Emma? Uh, I Why mean, not? yeah, okay. Why not? Emily. It's part of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Emily. Blah. Yeah. We can, we can stick her in there somewhere. Okay. Oh, she can be the uh, the fatter broad that was the uh, slutting around with the cuck. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to follow that. God damn it. So, yeah, Mickey Rourke as death. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mickey Rooney. Danny, Danny DeVito. <laughs> Danny, oh Danny my God. <laughs> That'd be so great. Mm. Wait, who is Death and Bogus Journey? Actually, uh, I'd just rather watch Bogus Journey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. You looking it up? So, yeah. I'm uh, going to look it up, too. Yeah, you Alexander look, you Winter up, I mean. could be a good night, then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Almost refused to look it up. Excellent. Um, yeah, who else do we got to cast in this movie? Yeah, I kind really. of, who I'm else kind of is there? Who else is there? Who's gonna? Oh, who's gonna be oh, the, uh, the who's the, the smith? Who's yeah. the blacksmith? Oh, 
That, that's like um, a Horatio Sands or like a. He's got to be bigger, um, uh, taller. Uh, I mean, who's that? Uh, Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. There we go. <laughs> Just uh, because he's bigger. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, he's Larry the Sizemore. cable guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's he's got a huge that following. That is a influencer world. That might actually be a good choice. Yeah, there. My work is his chance yeah. to try dramatic, I and mean, it's not really dramatic. <laughs> I you think know, that guy he still can makes like three to five hundred grand a night. Who's the nuts? Okay, right. William Sadler <laughs> is the guy British who played magician him, by the way. guy. Uh, David Copperfield. No, David Blaine. <laughs> uh, let me say it one more time. Chris William, Angel. No, the quiet people. William <laughs> Sadler. William Sadler is the guy who played Death in Bogus Journey. William uh, Sadler. Later, yeah, you'll I, dance. Like like him. Him. He's good. He is good. What he else is he in? He's in other shit. He's in Shawshank. Really? He's a convict. Well, he's, that, that, oh yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, he is. He's in Die Hard two. He's in Iron Man three. Hmm. He's in a lot of stuff. Nice. Anywho, yeah. Um, let's talk about sound, guys. Yeah, we got to move on. Why not? Let's. Here we Sorry. go. The Sando corner. Yeah. Shut up, guys. Can I talk? Can, can I talk? Can I finish? Can we talk? <laughs> Welcome to Joe's Corner. That's not cool. Okay. Uh, so the music by Eric Nordgren. Uh, I thought the music, let's talk, start with that, was sparse. Mm. They, they used it at specific moments, and I thought that it was a pretty effective. It worked. Yeah, you yeah, know? for the most part. It didn't it, call attention to itself, but it enhanced the mood. Oh, I thought it did sometimes call attention to itself, yeah. but it did enhance the mood. I okay, agree. Fine. Uh, it's okay, though. Uh, I spent a lot of time reading. <laughs> I think it was fine. It was overly choral and religious and lots of choirs and lots of organs and mm. lots of kind of creepy dissonance, though. And I liked that they had this element of uh, mystery to it. Did you, did you feel that kind of, Derek? Did you agree kind of that dissonance? I felt the dissonance there <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I felt the dissonance. I it's felt- hard to tell the difference between dissonance and crappy speakers. That's true. That's <laughs> true. different. That's true more clipping, Sean. Yeah. Uh, this is more dissonance between the the notes didn't feel uh, harmonic, if you will. Oh, yeah. you mean like intentionally Happier, choosing the wrong note? Or working well together, pleasing together. That would mm. be harmonic. They were displeasing. Like jazz, the notes you don't play? Kind of. There was jazz elements to this too. They used kind of a jazz uh, trumpet sometimes, mm. which was cool. I'm sorry, I cut you off, Derek. You were saying... No, I was just going to say how like, uh, like w- the one thing that I particularly noticed that uh, was like, I, I, I like the... When the gesture, uh, the gesture guy, the fool, basically whatever, mm-hmm. and and the wife are singing up there, and then suddenly we get the choral thing come in, and that juxtaposition of the two songs, yeah, uh, was fascinating, like from one to the other, and of course it was a lot more like loud and choral than it could have been, uh, because there were not that many people, but it it kind of overwhelmed the other one so yeah. much that. Uh, I still kind of like that. I, I like I got it, you know. Um, Every time you guys say coral, I can't help but think of the Walking Dead memes. Coral, coral, yeah, it's true. Also, Eddie Izzard as oh, the uh, he's not uh, a magician as the, as the director. He's a cross-dressing comedian. I don't know who he is. There's a difference. All right. Hey, <laughs> 
So uh, <laughs> let's quickly talk a little bit more about the music. Sorry. But I thought that they did a great job of using Foley as music with the banging mugs in the scene mm. in that cafeteria when they're kind of mm. showing off like the oh, evil mob. I was pissed off at that because first off, none of them had the same rhythm, but it didn't match the sound that was going on. I agree. There was like nothing to your use of the word cafeteria in reference to the pub. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> it was just a rumor they were eating. They I don't were know if necessarily a just a pub. It was an inn. I think it's a, yeah, an pub inn. And a hometown, hometown buffet, I yeah, believe totally. is what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was a golden corral. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Some to be specific. Uh, that so, guy that slices the ham that's always really cheap with the slices. Yeah, I hate yeah, that yeah. bastard. Before I move on, I want to say there was a great use of silence in this movie overall. Uh, the way they did make us stop hearing the background sound and the play between the background sound and the silence was wonderful. Uh, just the way they made us think using the silence was wonderful. Uh, I thought that was just simply special in this movie. That's all. Uh, and a lot of Isn't movies can't handle it. Anywho, uh, I will say a couple critiques now because I'm going after my critiques, I'm going to move on to a lot of stuff I love. And I'm sorry uh -oh. to talk a lot about this movie, but the sound was quite amazing. Uh, so I'm surprise. sorry. Let me have a critique, a couple critiques, okay. and, and then we're going to move on to great stuff. Sorry, okay. critiques. Uh, he needed a fly sound when he was swatting the fly. Okay, yeah. yes, he, that's something small, but you need that sound. I'm sorry, I'm surprised they didn't it's have the tension it. Tension, true. The, yeah. That would have been wonderful. Uh, then it's something small. Uh, no slash of the sword. And Derek, you kind of. Deluded this, I didn't realize it at the time. Maybe that was the sensors. Maybe they couldn't yeah. have that slashing sound because it was too graphic. It's possible. When are we talking about? When he slashed when he his eyes. Cars' face. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, there was definitely a sound there. There was like no, no, it was, no slash it was a distinct it's, absence yeah. of sound. Yeah. Really? Yep. I, yeah. Hmm. I just remember thinking all about Zorro. Very like, muted. Uh, you yeah. put that there. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And that maybe. It's fun because you imagining maybe that's just you though. I don't know about you at so the time. I've seen entire movies that don't exist over well, here. Well, you have a whole <laughs> Sean. Remember, you have thirty-five years of movie yeah, experience yeah. that these people in nineteen fifty-six or seventy-seven totally. don't. So that's a big difference. You hear Zora, where maybe they don't. So yeah. maybe they're imagining something different. I don't know. Whatever. It didn't. It bothered me slightly. Whatever. But that's again small nitpicky. One more nitpick. Uh, the uh, man hitting the bench uh, when he fell uh, in the in the inn. Sorry, not the cafeteria. When um, basically who fell? <laughs> I'm sorry. In. The fool. When the <laughs> fool Joseph when he fell. They mm. used a scream instead, uh, which was interesting. So at least it wasn't a Wilhelm. Yeah, but it was a scream instead of a fall. And I want the fall. I want that realistic the thing. Third. But that's fine. It was more artistic yeah, instead of realistic. realistic. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And that's fine. Uh, the foley of the fire was not good. It sounded like plastic bags. It was a little more. It was over the top. It was not yeah. good. Uh, yeah. They could have done Came something better with that. Uh, frying bacon, if you will, would be better. Uh, okay. So that's just my couple of my nitpicks. Um, Derek, you were looking something up about when I mentioned silence. Oh, yeah. No, so Is there something there, specific well, he, there was a quote he said about him, silence? But, I mean, it came after this, but uh, uh, basically during an interview, somebody asked him, music is finished, you said, like he had said at some point that music is finished. And he said, in the shame, it has come to that point, no music anymore. So he didn't want music anymore <laughs> in his stuff just about. So, it's clear. Um but yeah, so I thought that was kind of fascinating. That it's kind of cool. absence of music in this. Well, yeah, I mean, music is just a real cheat. Like, especially in you know, it, there, there's so much that you can, so much emotion that you can infuse or even fake by just having the right music behind something. And there's so much that can be implied. So like forcing yourself to like 
almost work without a net there is, mm. is certainly admirable. And you're right. I think, well, obviously music adds this layer. Yeah. And I think maybe he was thinking he doesn't want this extra layer because mm. he's one, he's already got many layers already in the story right. and the acting and the They're symbolism. Too hard. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, that's just, just one extra layer that maybe do, might distract you from what he's mm. really trying to focus you on. And even focusing is tough on this movie because there's a lot of layers. Um, okay. So talking about layers, uh, I absolutely love the background sound and the way he uses one other sound. It's almost like a foreground and a background of sound. And I absolutely adored it because I could kind of spot in almost every scene and you could kind of picture a duality between them. I'll give you a few. At the beginning, the water lapping sound of the background. And you could compare that kind of like the birth or death of a cocoon. Uh, the background sound kind of goes away when death comes. So it symbolizes kind of like just simply how everything you die, everything goes away. Uh, the birds and the choir together when we see the Virgin Mary. Birds are often going to be used like that. Yeah. Um, and then we have the church bell and then it kind of compares with silence. And then we have this, uh, the church bell all the time is this used as this background sound kind of as this... Uh, almost like this dulling effect, but it is often used as just this overall religious, and again, sorry, juxtaposition. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it also, the church bell then, it, there's a silence, but then the church bell um, changes in this moment when we first meet the witch outside and she's in the stocks and it turns into this scream. And actually they kind of repeat the same screen like three times. Were they whipping her feet when she was in the stocks? I don't know. She was screaming. Yeah. Uh, maybe and she was just screaming. But she was like, they were like, that was a weird stockade. I had never seen one like that where they're like sitting and their like legs mm -hmm. are bolted. But and yeah. and you mentioned a whole other one, which is the screaming and whipping. That's mm. that's a whole part of this uh, against the gothic hymns of the priests. The screaming, whipping when they're basically the parade comes and the booming drums. So we have this the gothic priest hymn and then the specific effects of the whips and screams. So we have the background, and the foreground, uh, but there's others too. I can tell uh, the the cafeteria stuff and then. <sighs> The, the wall of the cafeteria. Uh, and then we have like the overflowing of the cups. So we have the joyous uh, symbolism there. I don't know. There's so many more. We have the wind and the thunder when we have we come to the castle for the first time and the weather really kind of mm. shows us. Uh, and then we have the birds at the end with symbolizing again, the new morning at the beach when we see Mary Joseph and little baby Michael at the yeah. end. Um all of this stuff. And I loved at the end, the final harps that we didn't really hear harps the entire time, actually. It was a slight arpeggio at the end with the choir. And that was the only time we really heard that specific little snippet of music. So even though there was specific like kind of motifs for death, we heard death a few times, his motif, and we heard uh, a motif for the fool. We heard some of the different motifs. He really did savor specific moments. And especially at the end, the harp and the arpeggio really was like, we finally made it to heaven or whatever we we've conquered death if you will so i i don't know i appreciated that a lot the way the music kind of gave me these i'm talking too much dualities no, yeah i wanted to go back to that uh to go back to the time in which the parade comes through so to speak and the people are the whipping and all that kind of stuff when they stop right and there's just the voices of all the people praying yeah um the way that that's done you feel like you're right there in the middle of it. Mm. And I, I called that a, as a moment in which it's like, okay, th this is so well done that it pulled me in with mm -hmm. all like solely the sound of that. And yeah. there's like different voices doing that. Um, there was one weird moment, which I don't, I, I feel like of course it's probably, it's intentional because they 
you watch this back a bunch of times, but there's the first time that, the, so when the wife runs off with the director guy um, and they're, and she's kind of like sitting out there and she like kind of gets him to come over and they start like, uh, there's like some food there that she's offering him. And then she laughs and the first laugh that she does, there's like the sound of like a chicken. And, uh, and I was like, I was like, that's weird, you know? And then like later, like she laughs and it's actually her laughing and they get up and then there's like a chicken that runs right. out from behind the thing. So I thought that was kind of funny that like the first one, she, like she's just part, like laughing and it's like quiet or whatever. But the, but the, hmm. there's the chicken sound over with that. That kind of makes it a little humorous, you know? Did you but later like, she okay. seduces him, I think with that same chicken. Ah, <laughs> no. And I like that, Sean. Wow, well done. I didn't think about that. I was like, you know, dead okay. Chicken, one but thing, it was already a dead chicken. It was a dead right? chicken, but she seduced him with it, yeah. eating yeah, it. I, I, there was a live chicken in the background. I know. It's both. There's chicken and chicken. Too There's many chicken chickens. Chicken. Oh, oh, I, yeah. Was it the, yeah. was that the chicken's relative that she was eating? <sighs> well, I'm Is sure. That that she, was was she, she was the live chicken and he was the dead chicken, you mm. see. Life's representative of chicken. Totally. Yes. I really that was chicken right now. I'm hungry. Eating scene I've seen in a long time, though. <laughs> um, another thing I always like, though, chicken. is in Western, they do this a lot, too. Eating chicken is very either, like, it's very dominant. It's very, this is like male thing. It's like, it's what, like, the bad guy does, like Lee Van Cleef mm. will do in, like, A Man With No Name yeah, or something. Yeah, like, tearing it off the bone. That, just, yeah. You can imagine just that, like, that close-up of Lee Van yeah, Cleef yeah, with yeah. a turkey leg, just biting it and, like, looking you right in the eye, you know? I want a turkey leg now. Yeah, that does sound fucking good. Weren't we watching something recently with mutton? Yeah, uh, Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah the, the Robin, Robin Hood, Hood, the big mutton. mutton There's lots of turkey yeah. legs yeah. and mutton legs and yeah. stuff. Uh, it's very male, testosterone dominant, but it's very sexual too. Yeah. Uh, and you could tell that she was kind of using it as like this, this alluring. Ooh, oh, it was definitely oh, of chicken wing eating. Yeah. Yeah. That is, yeah. Take that, a bite of my chicken. Not wing. since Hooters have I yeah. seen such. Uh, uh, yeah. Flagrant um, uh, chicken usage. Flagrant <laughs> <laughs> chicken. But I thought, Seduction. Uh, to get back to the sound really quickly, sorry. The, the It did a great job of kind of going between tones and moods because we could go from horror movie to to, to comedy, mm. honestly. That was a funny moment, the sex scene. You know, it was a lot of cunning between them and kind of like, will they, won't they kind of thing. Um, and then there was a lot of scary shit, you know, and horror movie-esque stuff where... You weren't sure, you know, especially, you know, people burning at the stake. That was specifically horror movie stuff. But I don't know. And and the 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 way they spent they went between the overall um the overwhelming rather um symbolism of the scaring or, you know, making them laugh. Or I liked the combination when they kept saying the bishop and the knight, you know, using religion as this scaring mechanism of this fear of hell, if you will, of death and this night of nobility and, and happiness or something. So, and, and obviously the bishop and the knight is very chess oriented as well. Mm -hmm. So there was that nice symbolism, but I just thought this was so cool how I don't know how how they could use the, the sound and the music to really effortlessly switch between them using just background sound, not not necessarily music. And I guess he he talks about that too in his book, but like the idea of using background sounds and specific effects with them, the whipping, you know, mm. these screaming, uh, even just maybe like horse hooves or water lapping, these kind of things are so effective at just taking us out of certain moments and into others. I don't know. Um, Sean, get that nice L cut in there. Yeah, I thought it again worked well with the editing and the visuals. They were very synergistic, if you will. Yeah, 
I mean, the, visually, the thing that I think jumped out the most to me or the thing I noticed mostly about this movie is just contrast. Like, contrast in, first off, your juxtaposition of everything, but secondly, just <laughs> literally. Are you counting, Tim? Is that, <laughs> I don't have that drinking many fingers game no, to be perfectly every, honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely to the drinking game of the show. Juxtaposition. Um, I but, think Tim has, has rolled his eyes more at me and Sean <laughs> than any... Well, between you calling it a fucking cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Jesus. <laughs> they didn't have cafeterias in 1347 or whatever. You're right. They probably had. No, no they probably had no. restaurants. No, they had inns. They had restaurants. <laughs> they, had rest <laughs> they had upscale five-star <laughs> restaurants. Zagat rated. Yeah, you know, they Michelin had uh, various eateries. Yes. Yeah. Juxtaposed with, you know, the non-eateries. Yeah. In contrast to the ones that weren't. Yeah. 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 Juxtaposed. <laughs> so no, I did think that the, like the literal contrast though, like the adjustment of the black and white value in gray tones was something that does very much jump out in this movie. And I think it like, it almost takes it into the hyper realism um, of like our standard sort of HD view today uh, as compared to like a lot of the other black and white movies that we've been watching recently, which were a lot more like gray comparatively and yeah. a lot more like washed out comparatively. This is like just sharp. I mean, it's, I'm sure it has something to do with the copy that we watched, but in general, it, it looks like a movie that is intentionally made to be that contrasty, but like used... The, I mean, the other big thing is like the the way that they design the looks for the different groups of archetypes. So like every sort of um, collection of people had its own look and feel to the tonality of what we were seeing. So like when we were with Mary and Joseph and the, the, the baby, everything was like bright and cheery and very low contrast. Mm -hmm. And everything was just like, you know, pleasant and oh, sitcom lit almost. Whereas like everything that was with the, uh, the knights and the squires was a lot more contrasty and dark and sort of gloomy. Yeah. It all had that, that contrast, but it, it was a lot more like, like haze and fog and like just that that sort of yeah. dark, dark, dirty, gritty, but like still with that that sharp, you know, sort of like hyper realism aspect. To yeah, it. and I mean juxtaposed to the uh, uh, <laughs> to the to the other films that we watched, you know, like actually I'm trying to make a point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being an asshole. Uh, no, but in, in contrast to the other films that we watched, this is you know this is the as we were saying earlier, the introduction of more art house cinema, yeah. you know, cause this, this film, uh, s like cinematography wise is painted in a much more expressionist, uh, brushstroke, mm. uh, as opposed to like, you know, any, any of the other pictures that we've seen, which are much more middle gray, mm -hmm. uh, you know, cause it's not just about, it's not about just exposing the frame. It's about exposing how the frame feels. Yeah. You know? Well, I think like, especially with some of the other ones that we watched, like Mr. Smith and stuff like that, I don't think you're supposed to feel like you're sitting next to Mr. Smith. I think no. you're supposed to feel mm -hmm. like you're observing something. Mm -hmm. But I think here you're supposed to feel like you are there sitting on the, the branch next to him as he's juggling his two balls so eloquently. Mm. Yeah. I agree. I thought just to go to the shots of it, I, I 
loved the blocking, the mm-hmm. movement, and the, just like the contrast of the over the shoulders, just the, the way they used, the way they used also, not just the over the shoulder, I don't even know what kind of shot it is, where the guy turns his face to the camera. So it's an over the shoulder, but the guy in the, fo- the, the front turns his face, and the, they're both the sh- looking at camera. I don't know what that's called. What is that called? I think turning your head on an over. Ah, whatever. It's something called. Call something. <laughs> it's a turn and look at camera. It's a, it's a cool shot. I like, yeah. and they use it a lot. Yeah. And then just like. It's it, almost like a breaking of the fourth wall, but not quite where, but it's like a mugging or knowing nod or like, yeah, just kind of a weird addressing yeah. of the audience almost. You get to see a reaction of it. I don't know. And I liked a lot of the just painting of it, like the composition of the shots, mm. like just the stuff that was in between them, you know, even sometimes yeah. when it was like a fake horse between them. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. And some crappy rear projection. But I appreciated it. I appreciate all the effort. It, every shot seemed so specifically meant for something. And it was just so effort, it, not effortless, but you could tell that there was so much um, care went into every shot, a specific, like, you know, the lighting of it was so amazing to me. Like there was a moments where I, I noticed, and I, again, I'm a, an idiot when it comes to this kind of stuff. So when I notice the lighting and when I see it on certain guys' faces, I'm like, oh, wow, he's making a fucking crucifix on his face when he's confessing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is really badass. And and we're getting this nice, beautiful moment on top of it with his great acting. I, I understand it. So I think when it does those kind of things, everything comes together. And it's, uh, I don't know, I just, I, I appreciate the cinematography even more. I, I mean, like I like two specific shots in it that I remember really well. One of them being... Um, uh, when Johns goes in and uh, into that like barn, and there's like a win- like there's a cutout window above him, and he's backlit from that as he looks back kind of yeah. towards camera, and there's just this awesome like halo effect, mm. and then they have then they cut to the what he's looking down at, which is and, and then they still have his shadow in that little barn yeah. window cutout. And just that interchange of like, uh, just the lighting there was incredible. And then that tableau that kind of is close to the end where, um, where uh, death basically enters and they all turn kind of yeah. towards camera mm-hmm. and all look the same direction and they're just still. And then finally the the young girl in the middle like stands up and just the way that that's done is like it, it's heavy it's, it's shot also very like, heavy it's you also know like I mean? death is right next to you kind of because they're looking at death but they're mm-hmm. not looking at camera they're looking quite a little bit past mm-hmm. it yes yeah so you're, you're another person in that room right but yeah. de- but death theoretically is yeah. right next to you and especially in that end when we have that final close-up and the shadow of death comes on her face it's like wow death is really like mm-hmm. right on our yeah. shoulder yeah. and like brushing past us yeah. i really like that just the perspective of it all kind of you know, made me even more fearful. So I liked that. And I could, and again, if I can, if I'm noticing it's doing a good job, I think. Yeah. Well, getting back to one of the points that you made when he was in the, uh, doing the confession thing and we got the, the shot of the, the lighting of the cross on his face, like in this movie that plays really well. And it's done, uh, sort of elegantly because of the way that it just makes sense. Like we see the opening, we see the cross, we see the light coming through there and it all like, it doesn't feel like it's forced or out of place. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like it is something. The, where I would contrast that uh, if we juxtapose it to the uh, the mm-hmm. modern Romeo and Juliet, uh, there is a lot of that sort of random, like blasting weird light shapes on people for just the fuck of it. And that comes off like just yeah. completely cheesy and horrible. So like, you know, I just, you know, kind of pointing out that like these like sort of pattern usage sort of things and like using lighting like that is, is still 
you know, it's, it's not just the idea of doing it. It's the execution of doing it. That is like, so sort of masterful in this, that is like, it's, it, it lends itself to the story. It's not just there for like fancifulness. It is actually something that is like tangible, but also semi-realistic in this like weirdly quasi-realistic movie. I wanted to mention something about the camera movement because I felt like this was with a man uh, escaped our most, maybe to me, advanced camera-wise, most most camera movement. And I I don't, again, I'm not sure this was correct. You guys can correct me, obviously. When we first were introduced to his wife at the end and she kind of walked in and he walked in and we had these two shots of her. Was it a dolly and a zoom at the same time? They kind of like moved in and she got bigger, like kind of in the frame kind of thing. And again, I don't know. I don't recall a dolly shot anywhere, but I'm not sure which moment you're talking to. You said we were first introduced, but at the end. Yeah, when she was like at the fireplace. Yeah. Oh, oh, his, his wife. Castle, yeah. Yeah, the the night's wife. Yeah. Night's wife. The castle. Uh, Sorry, yeah. No, no. I think that was just a uh, standard dolly shot. I think okay. we were just on a wide lens. There was a dolly or yeah. some sort of movement. Yeah. I don't know. I liked that they, how they introduced her and how they went back to him and from her perspective and they had this like 50-50 shot again after. Also, know, zoom just, lenses just weren't a huge thing at that point. Like, gotcha. That okay. been, well, it was literally a huge thing. Like it would have been expensive and huge. Yeah. Anyways, I appreciated that kind of moment of the, the POV kind of thing of, oh my God, you see your wife for the first time. And I, I don't know. It, it was it was good. There was just a lot of great, I don't know, modern stuff. It's fascinating because it's, it's really like, uh, yeah, this thing's really set up. Like I couldn't, as a stage play, it would not be nearly as good, even no. though, even though. What is though? Well, yeah, I mean, but there are some, like some of the other movies that we've seen from this time, which could just be which a stage would play. would be fine, yeah. And you would Harvey totally- would be fine. Yeah, okay. Harvey would be fine. Uh, uh, Mr. Smith almost yeah, yeah. too could be fine. Um, was that a play? Uh, I thought it was. It probably, probably both of mm-hmm. them were. It seems it like that was they were doing at the time. But, um, but I mean, actually this was a play before and Bergman, True. as far as his schedule went, he would, uh, he would always direct- uh, plays. Mm. He would direct for the theater. He would kind of start by like writing, uh, writing in the spring while he's still kind of, I guess, finishing up directing theater stuff. Then he would shoot the movie that he wrote, uh, and for like two and a half months in spring, he, and he worked five hours a day, like 10 to three, uh, script writing, uh, two and a half months, he'd have a script. And then in the fall, he would shoot the movie and then he would return to uh, directing theater. And oh. that was his schedule for really like years and years and years and years. So he, because of that, he's always directing, right? He's always working with actors. So of course he's going to get good performances. And later in his career, they're going to be even better than the ones that were here. Um, but, uh, but also it's fascinating because it's still super, super great cinematography and great shot composition and everything uh almost in spite of that fact because i i would think that i you have to have two heads kind of right because mm-hmm. for theater there's certain yeah. things which are not not going to sell i tried to Upstaging do staging means the opposite thing yeah did we say who the cinematographer is uh, I don't no, believe I we did. Knew. It I, was not Sven Nickfist. Uh Gunnar Gunnar Fisher. Yeah, sure. Gunnar Fisher. People tend to think it's Nickfist, but that he works with him later. Um he also did wild strawberries with him. Yeah, I had at one point tried to like. This guy got a, guy's got a strawberry thing. He does. Yeah, he did. Wild strawberries came out this exact same year hmm. that this was made. Um, uh, 
I had tried to do a thing where I like wrote like a little play and uh, I had like a like a important insert that was in the play hmm. and of course that doesn't work at all yeah because the audience didn't know yeah. that it was a ring that <laughs> fell out of the person's pocket even though it made a ring sound when it hit the floor because it was mm. a ring you know but you really got to tell you learn that. lessons yeah. people yeah. are dumb yeah <laughs> well, some things don't read well fortunately the, the actor picked it up and said look it's a ring there you go so uh ad-libbed not <laughs> my line um well, actors can save you sometimes yeah that's true <laughs> I'd say the one other big thing I did learn from the uh, from this movie is that a bowl of milk makes an excellent bounce board. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, uh, what was going on in the Oscars there? Oh, well, let's talk about it. This was the year of 1958. You know, mm-hmm. honoring the best films of 1957. <laughs> It was the 30th Academy Awards. Ooh. Mm. Wow. Mm. Dirty, dirty. It was in the mm. Pantages Theater. Really? Well, Bob Hope hosted. Mm. Also, we had some Jimmy Stewart stuff and Jack Lemmon. It was funny. Donald Duck was there. Donald Duck. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about it. Best actor. Let's start right with it. The And you guys will guess the winner. The nominees were Anthony Quinn, Wild is the Wind. Charles Lawton, witness for the prosecution. Anthony Frauchosa, Frauchosa, a hat full of rain. I'm sorry, a hat full of rain, yeah. Marlon Brando, Sayonara. Alec Guinness, The Bridge and the River Kwai. Alec Guinness. Yeah, I'm going to go Alec Guinness. You ain't seen nothing like the almighty Quinn. It's Alec Guinness, Bridge and the River Kwai. Boom. Best actress, guys. Uh, Deborah Kerr, Heaven Knows, Mr. Allison. Joanne Woodward, The Three Faces of Eve. Anna Ma- Ma- Magnani, Wild is the Wind, Elizabeth Taylor, Raintree County, Lana Turner, Peyton Place. Three Faces uh, of the Wind. Liz Taylor. What was the second one you said? Joanne Woodward? Joanne Woodward. Joanne Woodward. Yeah. 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 Woodward. I'm going to go Joanne Woodward. I'm going to go Liz Taylor just to be a, just to be, just to, ju- just to juxtapose. Woodward was Three Faces of the Wind, right? Yes. Yeah. Three Faces of Eve. Same Eve. difference. Yes. The Wind of Eve. When, You're when correct. It is Joanne Woodward. Yay. Oh, uh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so far, I got two. Best director. Two for two. We got two Joshua two. Logan, Sayonara, Sydney Lumet. Did I pronounce the Lumet? T? Sydney Lumet. Mm. Uh, 12 Angry Sydney Men. Sydney Lumet. Sydney Lumet. Lumet. <laughs> 12 Angry Men. Mark Robson, Peyton Place, David Lean, Bridge in the River Kwai, Billy Wilder. Witness for the prosecution. I'm going to go Sydney Lummet. I'm going to go Lean. River Kwai. You're both correct. David Lean, Bridge in the River Kwai. Son of a Three bitch. for three. Wow. Two for five. Let's Bridge. go for the biggie, the big kahuna, best motion picture. Mm. And they changed it, actually, looks here. So they used oh, to have it. What, not, what was uh, it? Like best, best original uh, production or something? Now it's yeah, best, best motion production. picture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so here it goes. Uh, Witness for the prosecution, Peyton mm. Place, Sayonara, Bridge in the River Kwai, 12 Angry Men. I think it's River Kwai. I'm going to go Kwai again. I'm going to go Kwai because I've been wrong. Kwai Gunjin. Kwai. Mm. It's Kwai. Yeah. River Kwai. Nice. Yeah, because I think there's some hullabaloo about 12 Angry Men losing to that or something. Yeah. There's hullabaloo. Yeah. I've not seen the Bridge in the River Kwai. I haven't seen either of them. We'll get there. You haven't seen 12 Angry Men? Mm, don't think so. We're getting there. Wow. I might pick that next. My history Sydney is useless. I love mm. 12 Angry Men. Yeah. One mm. of the few I've seen. 
So uh, a bit of a rata. Um, Mr. Derek, I have the a rata. question that I think pertains more to your knowledge. But um, okay. uh, Mr. Bergman, do we know anything about his views of religion. Um, my question stems from my assumption that most of the Scandinavian peoples and countries are not necessarily the most Christian in general. He had a very so, Christian upbringing. Yes. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Right on. His dad was a pastor. Ah, okay. Um, Lutheran. Yes. Right on. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Coming yeah. into focus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In mm. spite of that, I do believe he professed to being agnostic and Perhaps atheist even later on. He also signed most of his scripts uh, uh, with... Uh, I forget. It was his the signature. same. The same signet. No, 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 no. He oh. signed it with three initials. The same that uh, that Johannes Bach uh, would sign his uh, uh, scores with, or his uh, uh-huh. his his music pieces. Um, and that would like the the signature was something that uh, is to the effect of like to God be the glory or to God alone be the glory or huh. something like that. Um. Yeah. So he was religious, or he was it, just like. Yeah, mocking, I think I think he was really torn likely. with it. Yeah. Mm. Really torn with it. Uh, yeah. but he did sign a lot of his scripts with that. It's yeah. uh, red. Soli Deo Gloria. Yes. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Yeah. To, glory to God. Alone. Yeah. To God alone, the glory or whatever. Oh, sorry. For uh, for glory to gl- God alone. Wasn't I, she on? Yeah. Just God. Just God. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. up, Sean? Just God. Just God. Just God. Just, just, just God. Are God. you God, John? Are you God, Sean? No. I mean, no, depending not. on your your you know interpretations of you know different religious works, some would indicate that we are all God. So you're like a Levian Satanist. <laughs> I'm a Leviathan. Right Let's burn him, him, guys. Burn him at the stake. I think it's just being vain, is what it is. Uh, I, thought, I mean, <laughs> is, uh, uh, from, okay. Meh. Yeah. Meh. Well, you know, juxtaposed yeah. to that belief, I would say. Yeah. So if we are in the errata moment, I mm. have quite a bit of errata, Uh-oh. although they are not errors. Shoot. Yes. So uh, first, I uh, will say that uh, there, I had an interesting comment from him. Uh, <laughs> so he says, you can't direct reality. Uh, and that sometimes makes me very insecure and scared. But when you direct a picture, you can decide everything. You can do everything you want. You can control everything. Little details, always handmade. Yep. He was upset that he couldn't, Makes I guess, control his life as well as he can control a picture. <laughs> Seems to have a lot of power problems. Oh, yeah. he's real people. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that why we all got into yeah. this, though? <laughs> For sure. And then uh, one other thing, which I thought was pretty fascinating. Um, somebody asked him about how he works with actors. This is, uh, it's a pair, it's couple paragraphs um, poorly for example uh the different steps you use to communicate what are the different steps you use to communicate with actors this is from a uh interview he did a q a thing at afi back in 1975 mm. american film institute for AFIs. yeah yeah if you don't know uh, that you're probably not listening notable to this. i mean David i don't know you might be uh so uh bergman responded uh it can be a very complicated question we can talk about uh we can talk about it for the whole time and he said uh and it can be a very simple question because if you want to know exactly how i work together with my actors i could tell you in one minute i just use my intuition my only instrument is in my profession is my intuition i have the experience that when I work at the theater or in the studio with my actors, I just feel and feel, sorry, feel, Thank you. guys. Yeah. And I don't know how to handle the situation. 
uh, how to collaborate with the actors. One thing is very important to me. One thing that is uh, an actor is always a creative human being. And what your intuition has to find out is how to make free. Do you understand what I mean? To make free the power, the creative power in the actor or actress. I can't explain how it works. It has to do with magic. It has a lot to do with it. It has, oh, sorry, it has nothing to do with magic. It has a lot to do with experience. But I think when I work together uh, with the actors, I try to be like a radar. I try to be wide open because we have to create something together. I give them some stimulants, sti stimulations and suggestions, and they give me a lot of stimulations and suggestions. If this fantastic wave of giving and taking is cut off for any reason, I have to feel it, uh, and I have to look for the reason. I know if we try to work with those waves cut off, it is terrifying. It is the hardest, toughest job uh, which exists both for me and the actors. Hmm. So I think it's a cool amazing. insight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I which also want, I think it ties on to that. I wanted to read this little portion of the Wikipedia I see from Max von Sydow. Okay. Uh, Sydow is reported to be, I'll just read it directly from it and it's perfect for this. He reported to be either an agnostic or an atheist. In 2012, Sydow told Charlie Rose in an interview that Ingmar Bergman had told him he would contact Sydow after death to show him that there was a life after death. When Rose asked Sito if he had heard from Bergman, Sito replied that he had, but chose not to elaborate further on the exact meaning of this statement. In the same, wow. inter in the same interview, Sito described himself as a doubter in his youth, but stated that his doubt was gone. He did not elaborate on what he did not doubt anymore. Wow. That's <laughs> so, pretty cool. That's kind of cool. Fascinating. It's cool. Interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, but I, th I thought the uh, yeah, the, just the treatment of religion was fascinating in this movie, and I think that leads us to our final rounds here. Unless you guys have anything else, yeah. more rata. You ready? I believe we. I believe it's time for some uh, reviews. Yes. yes. Uh -oh. oh, thank God. Thank God for some oh, reviews. Lighten up these proceedings. All right. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> we have several one-star reviews. I'm gonna nice. pick one. I'm sure. Um, one that is. You know, perfect, perfect. Um, you guys may have to look up some stuff because I don't know some of what this guy's talking about, but that's okay. Uh, so this is from uh, Lee Eight Ken. I think that's the way it said. Like, Lee Eight Ken? No, no, I don't think so. Like Lee, and then E Eight Ken. Ken's dead. He ate him. Mm. Oh, Lee uh, ate Ken. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Lee ate Ken. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, uh, not Ken as in family, but Ken is in the man's Ken name. Ken is in as in you know Barbie's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gotcha. Derek's accents really yeah. doesn't yeah. meaning in this episode. Yeah, yeah. 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 it is. Uh, my <laughs> bad, guys. Yeah. So what a what a load of Richard Go. I have no idea who Richard Go is. Does anybody know who Richard Go is? What a load of Richard Go. Yeah, what a load of Richard Go. Dick, Dick Go? Go? Yeah, I was trying to think of something there. Uh, G O U G H is the last name. Uh, uh, Dick Goo. Richard Go. He's a soccer player? Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so uh, the review goes I've just finished watching this film. Well, finished watching what I can remember of this complete and utter pretentious pile of twaddle. <laughs> twaddle. That's twaddle. Well, he's oh, stealing he's in, dialogue yeah, from the movie. A, so. Is that like female he's schmegma? He's an antiquarian. He's an antiquarian. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be bored to sleep, and I certainly was, then I recommend this film. 
Hmm. Maybe your kids are crying and you're starting to fizz a bit. Well, pop on this bad boy and they'll be out before you can black plague. This guy sucks. If you, (laughs) I just like how that joke didn't land at all. Yeah. All right. If you want some real entertainment, why not rent Eddie Murphy's Boomerang from your local library? Fucking kidding me. (laughs) Go to your local library, get Boomerang. Yeah. Uh, At least you'll get a laugh, and your mates won't fall asleep at your terrible choice of film. I nearly cracked my back after I woke up during this film. It's the kind of film you put on to impress a foreign lady, and then both of you get drunk (laughs) and realize it's just philosophizing for the sake of it. I do not feel better after this film, and it has kind of put me off chess as well. What, what other reason is there for, is there to philosophize other than for the sake of philosophizing? I'm not exactly sure. To get a foreign lady <laughs> shot. Oh, Hopefully this guy listens to the review and writes in with another review of the review. Of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So it's put him off of chess as well. That's a shame. Uh, yeah. And any <laughs> film, again, again. any film that can do that is. It is pretty much a no-brainer. I don't, I don't no-brainer? Know. Any film yeah, that can do know. what? No-brainer would imply... chess. Oh. Yeah. No-brainer yeah, no imply that you should just go see it and not yeah, think about it. This guy has no-brain about what no-brainer is. Ken, you want to play gonna... some chess? You know no. what? It's a shame. No, it's really a shame anymore. because this guy would have been a grandmaster. He would have. <laughs> he would have. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. Before this film. His rating would be in the high... 2000s? Had he never encountered no the Birdman? Yeah. Damn yep. you, Ingmar. Yeah. Avoid like the plaque plague. Plaque that's, plague? That's <laughs> unless death wills up to offer you a game of chess. Also, death looks too much like Robocop. What if the what if <laughs> this offers you a fiddle contest? Yeah, how dare you look I like a movie really from 30 years later. Other movie death, like death looks choices. like a RoboCop with his mask off for me to take this film seriously. I thought he looked like Eisenhower. If you watch it, <laughs> then enjoy your sleep. If you don't watch it, enjoy any Eddie Murphy film. That you've wisely <laughs> chosen this? instead. You gotta be fucking okay. kidding me! I love this, this guy now. Did Eddie Murphy uh, write this? Right? <laughs> Meet the Clumps is better than this. Is that that's what this well, guy said? Yeah, no, this guy hasn't seen any movies past 1990. Eddie yeah. Murphy's Boomerang. So, so, so just to know, just to just to make I you mean, guys defense, Boomerang's not horrible. <laughs> I didn't even. I, I, I don't, don't even know that. You're reading it from your local library. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? You don't remember Red Tiger yeah. Oh God. All right. So 18 out of 51 found that helpful. Yeah. I didn't find that helpful. Really? Yeah. All you would right. be the 19th. Yeah. Who that guy created it? 18 different accounts. <laughs> <laughs> he is his own boss. Probably. He's trying to, he's like, I got to get to the top of this thing. Eddie Murphy created 18 <laughs> different accounts. <laughs> Why did try and get say viewers of gentlemen. the seventh seal to see Boomerang? <laughs> That's not the half of it. Eddie Murphy has an IRA style, Russian, yeah. St. Petersburg style, Mafia going on. Yeah, yeah. three hundred guys, twenty four seven, writing reviews online. One post is telling you to see the Golden Child. The next one says go see uh, Boomerang and yeah. Bowfinger, and you know all the goodies. Telling us how good he looks in that red jacket. 
That's true. The raw video. <laughs> yeah. There's some, there's that wasn't some... a jacket. That was a whole situation. You're right. Wait, was like it wasn't just the head jacket. to toe. Yeah. That was a was onesie. Outfit. But that's yeah. the one that's like extremely problematic now, right? I don't know. I that, don't know. Uh, is very homophobic and uh, oh, anti yeah, like Gallagher levels of like. Oh, it's not red. It's it's a. It's. I don't know why I thought no, it was it red. red. It was de- red. There's definitely one with a red. It might not be wrong. Oh, it is. It, do you guys ever see it's uh, kind of uh, yeah, Martin yeah, Lawrence's right. Run Tell Dat? No. Delirious. Oh, he was wearing an outfit in that. <laughs> Is that like Bernie Mac with the picture of his face on his own pants? No, it was like you know similar to similar to Eddie Murphy's uh, mm. uh, outfit in Raw. Mm. Yeah. No, no, no. It's like a leather, like right. Yeah, oh. I confused Raw with Delirious. By oh, the way, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh, easy to do. Delirious oh, yeah. is red jacket. Gotcha. Raw is the what you're describing. This the, like the red no, no, whole situation. It's, it's black and gray. So this Wait, is what? Sorry, this is red raw. Is a, our, uh, raw is Put a, it up on the screen there, Joey. This is delirious. Okay. Delirious. Okay. Oh, okay. Red jacket with a green background. Okay. And here is raw. And Can then, you see that? That is a very small picture. Sorry. Can you put that on the screen It is the black sort of aviator coat <laughs> where it like folds over the side yeah, with know, the green background. You know I'm just going to put it up on my... There you go. There's, there's very Eddie Murphy. interesting. Is that a, no? I believe that's a purple. Oh, it, it might like be purple. purple. It might be purple. Might Looks be. like a purple. Looks to like me. a gray. So should, you should tell I think it like a gray. Double. It's a, the purple's oh, playing off the red. To fucking Joey in his gray. goddamn orange screen colors don't make fucking sense. It's true. Oh, yeah, his, his color. It's like nighttime. You see. Yeah, it's nighttime. God, I hate yeah. you. Yeah, I, I taught like Joey how to do that. That's even worse. You taught me how to do that. Never teach anybody how to do that. That's not correct. It's not historically accurate. That's that's terrible. What? I did. I showed him how to do that the other day. Don't. Tell him how to undo it. I know. <laughs> I, it's good for you're your eyes. It's good for your eyes. No, no, no. It's bad if for you know, there's a lot of things. blue in these yeah. screens. <laughs> if you're Thanks. looking at that shit late at night, it's going to keep you awake. No, Thank Raw, you. So, Raw gonna is have, totally fucking purple. Your screen does not show you, any goddamn purple. You, purple listen, but next, you, because it's nighttime, and Joey's going to get a good night's sleep. But he's not going to do it with color fucking outfit. He's going he's gonna to be confused. Right. He's going to disabling it for an hour, and you guys are all correct. It's purple. Skin color is on 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 like his porn that he's watching. <laughs> when he's, it's all gonna be alien. It's gonna porn. be weird. You don't need to know that stuff. Purple skin. I feel like that's Purple gonna lead skin. me to green skin. Yeah. yeah, you don't watch green skin porn. He's hmm. gonna uh, program some weird uh, fetishes there. That's uh, yeah. yeah. I already have. It's weird enough, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. I, I my searches can't get crazier. <laughs> Otherwise, the FBI's really going to start looking for me. The seventh sill X-rated version. That's 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 what you're going to go. When you get home, X-rated version. X-rated virgin. I don't know why it keeps coming out virgin. Yeah, it's the. I think we know why. Yeah, Mary. Version. Mary's gotten to. You've seen a vision of Mary. Yeah. The choirs are in your visions, dude. So, Joey, would you rate this an X? And would I rate this an X? No, not an X. I would rate this actually. Okay, give me a quick, a quick second here. I would give it a, a cuck second. <laughs> cuck second. Ooh. Cuck second one. Cuck Joseph second the cuck needs <laughs> about a half a second here. No, you know what? I'm going to give this a seven and a half. Mm. Uh, I did Out of? Uh, 10. 
Okay. My ratings are always at a 10, people. Okay. I don't right. change. I'm consistent. You I'm like the metric system. Say because we're not all working on 10s. Yeah. yeah, I know we don't, but I am always working on 10s every time. Every <laughs> always, every every show. always working on 10s. Every, every show, I always have 10s. I'm, I'm saying most listeners are not going to listen to every show. I, That's well, true. they should. Go back. Listen to A Man Escaped. It's good. Anywho, <laughs> uh, seven and a half out of 10. It was very interesting in many, many moments. It's not... It is boring in moments, but I actually, if you're in the right mindset to be introspective about life, death, religion, the bigger questions, philosophy, you'll like this. And I think that there's good performances. The narrative is funny and interesting and, and got different changes and bumps and along the way to keep you interested. And um, if you're, again, cool with all these <laughs> philosophical deep questions and layers of when you're watching a movie, then you'll enjoy it. Um, so yeah, seven and a half out of 10, maybe even an eight. Maybe I should switch it to an eight now that I'm convincing myself. So hmm. let's call it an eight. Wow. Well, yeah, I think I'd go, uh, I'm, I'm on the fence between like a uh, two and a half and three out of five. Um, it's, you know, it, it I recognize its historical value as far as a film is concerned. I recognize all of the good things about it. I also would much rather watch Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey like 20 times before I watch this again. So like, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I checked this off my box, but um, I can't say that I'd ever want to really watch it again. I mean, there's some, you know, interesting things about it but don't you think that the sorry to interrupt you yeah, no, please. do you Just think that simply the cinematography aspect of it all the the lighting and the the tech, technical achievements even though that is what I've trained most of my life to do <laughs> and care about, that is not what I care about when I watch a movie. Huh. It's what I like to do as a filmmaker. It's kind of like, you know, when you're a kid, you see movies and you just say, I want to be a filmmaker. Or I want to be a director because you think that's everyone that makes movies. Mm -hmm. And then like, as I kind of came up through the industry, I sort of realized that like, you know, I do like the, the camera and the dealings more than the acting and the whatnot. But when I'm watching a movie, I the story, like the story is number one. The story is what we care about. And if I don't care about the story, if I don't care about the characters, if I don't care about what's going on, then all of the beauty in the world is not going to make me like a movie. In fact, it actually makes me like a movie less because I feel like a cinematographer is just jerking off, trying to get us to like pay attention to their glory without actually showing us a decent story. Yeah, I think that's a that's an opinion. Also, I have a lot less respect for the opinion. things that I can do. So I can make something look pretty. I can't necessarily tell a great story. So that is something that you know is might that personally like a, be a thing. Do you? I, I know how you, you're going to answer this question, but yeah. you don't like modern art for that kind of reason. Like, you oh, feel yeah, like it's I mean, just too can, easy to do. Yeah, fucking like uh, who's the douchebag that just sprays paint on the canvas? Pollock. Yeah, that dude. Um, fuck hey, you. fuck that shit. I mean, okay. like he is putting up paintings of the shit that like is a drop cloth. I know. I, I was uh, no. left over. Yeah. Sorry to dive into Sean's. Uh, I knew how he would answer Just that question. Just a reaction yeah. to oh art. Oh my God. Jesus. Fucking Sorry, Sean. That was my bad. goddamn Campbell's soup can is fucking hard. I just baited the bear. It All right. was. Oh my God. I mean, uh, I would say this was, uh, <laughs> this was harder than that um, to do. Uh, if we're talking about that, uh, harder than painting a Campbell soup can, uh, without a doubt, certainly harder than yes, painting, uh, throwing yes. splatters on a canvas. 
And I, I mean, I it's lesser Bergman. I don't think it's as good as his mm. later stuff. I think his later stuff's a lot better. What what uh, can you give us some one you recommend? Yeah, I like Persona. What one should we have watched? I like Persona better. I like uh, Fanny mm. and Alexander, even though it's long. It's really good. Um, I even like Winter Light better than this movie. Um, and that's still kind of that's not too long after this, but I think it does stretch into like the '60s. It's early '60s, maybe somewhere mm. sometime in there. Uh, he did like a trilogy on kind of. Uh, faith uh things uh all about like kind of stories that were at the time like and once he got done with that then he kind of you know he touched on it maybe have a character talk about it but kind of tried to move on with his life sort of and not not delve that much into this kind of stuff but um but yeah it's still uh i still think that it's it's good i i i'm probably gonna give it a I give it about a nine out of twelve. Yeah. Um, which uh again it's it's worth watching because of all of the cinematography. It's difficult to watch now with fresh set of eyes. It kind of suffers the way that um uh another like a Brisson film does uh, called Lancelot of the Lake, um, which uh Monty Python kind of parodied it after mm. afterwards and so now people have seen the parody more than they have seen the original and so thus you're talking about holy grail uh yeah okay yeah by the um, way speaking of holy grail uh i noticed the parody of the priests when they're like hitting themselves in the head and mm-hmm. holy grail i yeah. was like yeah. that's the yeah. same parade mm-hmm. yeah and and that's that's kind of one of the things in which like i think that as time goes on like you know these kinds of things we, we forget how much of a turning point they were you know, and, uh, and how, like, um, how I think that it's still like, obviously the guy is an auteur and he's telling us things that he's very much interested in and putting them into a story. I think that there's a few moments in there that don't really work. Like we don't get the idea that the chess match is going to be played over sets like over yeah. different periods. Yeah. So that, that beat after that is kind of weird. That first scene, I thought that he had beaten death. Like it kind of, yeah. like they sit down to play chess and then we like cut to him with his squire and it just feels like and that's I, like the end of it. And I think, uh, it, you know, maybe it's that would unclear. not be, maybe yeah. that's a, yeah, it's unclear. And maybe that would be something that in the past wasn't as much of a concern, <laughs> but these days we're so inundated with media and we're so inundated with mm-hmm. films and we have so much gratification you have instant gratification of everything. That well, the juxtaposition of those shots implies necessary. something. Yeah. That yeah. it might not have at that point. But um, yeah. Juxtaposition to juxtaposition Pun. juxtaposes oneself. Uh, yeah. And um, so, yeah. I, I know you're still talking about your opinion here, Derek, but I don't. Did we talk about the final shot? Uh, that long, 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 extreme long shot where they're you know it's doing the dance the, like, up the, the mountains mountain. up the hill? Yeah. yeah. Did we talk about that? No. Not really. It just looked no. like minis to me. What did you think about that? Derek, um, I think it's fascinating. I think that more the, I think that the other shot sticks out to me more when Death first walks into the door or whatever, and that they look towards camera. Uh, I think that wait, uh, when is that shot? That it's before that. It's when we're when still in the towards castle. the castle. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah towards the end. Yeah. Uh, that one I think sticks the idea more. I think that the mm-hmm. other thing is. I, I didn't I like, quite get it. I'm going to be honest. I didn't quite get the dance. What What was the dance of death? Like they're all just going off and dying with death? Uh, yeah. Well, it also it? has to do with the thing that the pa- guy was painting earlier. Remember, he was painting the dance of death inside the 
outside the right. cathedral thing. Uh, sorry, I didn't so put that connection it, yet. I'm sorry. I think it all has I to mean, do it's a with connection, that kind of what. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yes, we kind of saw something similar early. But dancing is like, right, but then, uh, yeah, maybe that's is, it. Wasn't it was two ten years? What is maybe dancing. You know, dancing is usually a celebration. It's not. Well, they call it dancing, usually. but the visuals we got were like a more akin to the the flagellation parade than a dance. Mm. Like yeah, it seemed but like they're it hand was in more. Hand still. They're both a but dance. They're hand in hand, the, right? But it seemed more like a. Um, it didn't. I didn't get the idea that it was a a good thing. I got the idea. Not that even it was a by bad the thing. way that Joff reacted to it. The the fool. Not even the way he reacted to it because he didn't seem like like sad about it at all. He's like, I see them there, you know, I yeah. see all of them. And that's like, why I was confused why I thought that he was dead because then that makes sense to me. But if he's not dead and he sees them all being led off to death, yeah. they especially like- Well, they, he sees visions. I think it's- it's Joseph, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he sees Virgin Mary. He sees visions. So he sees dead people. It's established early on that he, yeah. that he yeah. sees visions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he sees them going off to die. Uh, and I thought it was, now that you're saying that it makes sense that the dancing is, I'm sorry, Tim, I cut you off. What are you saying? No, I was trailing off. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're you saying is probably trail. more important than what I have to say. Uh, the point is that I thought the dancing was uh, just a nice way of like saying, again, we're laughing in the face of death or mm. it's a way of coping. Like instead, it's a happy moment rather than a sad moment. We're going, we're facing death in a happy way, if you will. That's so, are you all under the impression that the people that were following death up the hill are better off now? Well, I well, think it's that it's, you know, the beginning of the, like another chapter kind of thing. That's a philosophical I'm not sure question too. Well, yeah, I just I'm not mean sure like, better off. Well, like, I mean, as compared to like everything, like on it. we were in the black plague and like everywhere we turned, it was horrible. Mm -hmm. So like, is basically like I was under the impression that all of these people were bad and death was coming after them as a punishment more than a, uh, I saw death more as an as an inevitability, and I think death kind of took the role of a reprieve in this film a little bit. Well, because I mean, the when you did make they did mention a lot death is or black death is sin, or the, the bubonic plague is, is symbolizing for your sins or, yeah, or coming back for your sins. Right, and like the first uh, the guy that he cuts down from the tree, he was like you know cucking and stealing someone else's wife, and like you know an obvious sort. It just it had that like feel of like a uh, uh, Friday the 13th sort of movie to me. The like woman Jason didn't do anything wrong the, though. She died in the end. Which, what did she do wrong? Which woman? Who? The woman whose face that kept fading into the, the innocent yeah. woman who was kind of just along for the ride. The oh. innocent one who was She wasn't the, the wife. Oh, she was the one that died. The, uh, one. Uh, the, the Scarface the consummate uh, victim. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she didn't really do anything wrong. I think she just kind of um, represented the consummate victim, and and yeah. like you know, when she met death, she greeted it as a friend because life was such torture for her. Well, yeah, she was the innocent. You know, she's, and her last lines were, you know, oh, finally it's it finished. finished. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I think that it, I mean you it know, comes for us. Going back to the like, fact that everybody was an archetype of of how death can be viewed. Yeah. To me, that end shot that? going up the hill yeah. would just made yeah. me think of, uh, uh, you guys ever watch The Price is Right? You remember the- Yes, uh, Sean, the, we've all seen The Price is Right. What is that? Yeah. Where is yeah, that from? It's like the most famous show of all time. Is what are you talking program? about? Is that a television I, program? I mean, <laughs> we all know it exists, but like, did you literally watch the show? Like, I Yeah, mean, we were all homesick in the 90s. Okay. Yeah. Well, there, there was- <laughs> I was the eighties, but sorry. Go ahead. Uh, there was the uh, the game where the yodeler would go up the hill, and that was literally what it felt like to me. Uh, as the uh, the it just felt like like 
almost um, Terry Gilliam-esque or like South Park-esque sort of like cookie cutter sort of like, um, you know, shadow puppets or something going mm. up that hill. It just felt like very super unrealistic to me. And I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be like intentional or if that was just like bad models or... You thought those people were fake? It just, yeah, it didn't feel like, yeah, it felt very... Oh, no, they're, they're, they're like actions and their movements were very exaggerated mm. um but i didn't think well, they were also fake. like 100 feet away half that's what i mean yeah. It's, yeah it's like a super tiny thing it just yeah. yeah i don't know why you would do that as a but like yeah. i don't know yeah all right fine maybe i'm wrong yeah the price as is usual, wrong i'm always bitch. wrong bob sorry man <laughs> all right tim let's move to you what mm. do you think about this film what would you rate it? I know you don't like rating. I'd give it a, I'd give it a, hmm, out of a, huh. Yeah. You know? Uh, How many I'd, boomerangs would you yeah. give it? <laughs> Just one. because What one color out. Eddie Murphy yeah. jacket? I would, give it a, I would give it a, hmm, out of a, huh. Yeah. Because I didn't, uh, I didn't see, because like, you know, Ingmar Bergman is widely regarded as like a master filmmaker. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I didn't see see a lot of greatness in this but i did respect the wonderment in it and i respected the uh the uh the introduction of of artistic introspection in film here a lot of the a lot of the other films that we've seen are you know that they're they're plays they're you know fables and stories whereas this is much more of like a rumination, you know, it's, it's much more of an abstract look at what faith is and what death is and what life means. Um, and I really appreciated that. I liked that a lot. Um, you know, uh, it was much more of a Jackson Pollock painting rather than, than a, than a <laughs> portrait, you know, fuck you, Sean, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. I want to switch for it. I want to be able to press buttons. You got done all of them right there. It's too far. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't reach it. I'm like, I, I ain't about to move the microphone for it. But, uh, and, and I've been derailed. <laughs> I've done my job. All right. more, you were saying more a Jackson Pollock painting than a what? Than a, oh, than, than like a portrait, you know, per se. We're, more we're, abstract than it is. Yeah, like yeah, there's, there's yeah. Less, less definition to it, yeah. you know, and more to be interpreted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I always, I always like something that uh, I, 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 one of my favorite qualities about art in general is something that you can, you know, you, you take from it what you brought to begin with a little bit. I don't um, want to have to think my own thoughts. Well, that's why you have InfoWars <laughs> toothpaste. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, that's very fair. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, any final thoughts before we uh, close out this? So, podcast? oh, were we gonna do the? Uh, were we gonna do the the game? I don't have a game. What was the I thought game? we had the game. What, what, game? what was the, the game? Quote. I forgot what the game quote? it was. Oh, the oh. quote game. Oh, yeah. yeah. We oh forgot my the quote God, game. That Let's game. close out on a quote game. Yeah. Yes. New game, guys. Snazz it up right. with some fun over at Farcast Studios. Available to you on iTunes. And other, <sighs> other places? So what are we doing here? The, okay. uh, we're going to do a quote from this movie. Yeah. Yes. Everybody using, picks a quote. Using the yes. voice of any any actor that or any actor or character that we can... Make a uh, uh, what impression of? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Up to the other uh, other 
commentators to guess who that impression is. Yes. Okay. Uh, Derek, please go no, first. No, I'm not going first. Uh, I'm Tim, not going first. Please go first. Tim's got it. Yeah, I wish I wish I was able to like like have, have a soundproof moment where I could <laughs> to, to dial it in a bit. My, yeah, to dial it in a little bit. You know what's funny is I always say that in someone's done this word, impressions are good if you only have one word. So you have like a test oh, word. Yeah. Like mm. uh, there's always like a latch word for yeah, every person. Or, or a catchphrase yeah. for someone. You know, like for instance, Matthew McConaughey's all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah exactly. you just say it all once right. and you got it. Yes. Love is the blackest of all plagues, but you don't even die of it, and usually it passes. I'm going to guess... Stewie. No, I'm going to guess <laughs> Werner Herzog. Werner. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was yeah, all Werner. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. Right. good. Derek Laporte. Okay. You ready? <sighs> you want to talk? Dog with Simon. I got it. Or puberty with Lucy. <laughs> It's Jack Palance. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's one of Derek's go Everything's going to be. Oh, shit. And this quote's actually from Seventh Heaven. I got the wrong. Oh my god, that's funny. That still counts. Jack Palance doing Seventh Heaven. Jack you Palance, see you are the only fucking any. human being I've ever heard say Jack Palance. He says it like that. I say Jack Palance. He it's told Jack me. Palance. He, no, he says Jack Palance. Everybody listen to that episode. You can hear. We forgot it. about that episode. No, yeah. I want to talk Crystal Dog with Simon. Which is... <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Billy Crystals. I think so. I think yeah. that's where I got that. That makes from. sense. All right, I'm going next, guys. Right on. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Love is the blackest of all plagues, <laughs> but you Keanu. don't even die of it. It usually passes. <laughs> Keanu. Yeah, it's Keanu. Got it? <laughs> Ten. Theodore Logan. <laughs> Billis Preston Esquire. Mm. Okay. So. No man was faced with that. Knowing everything is nothingness. I think I know it. It's, yeah, it's very it's bad. It's bad. Is it Peter it Falk? <laughs> is it no. a Connery? It's, actually, it's Connery. Yeah, is it's it a Connery? Connery. It's, it's Peter closer Falk. to a Peter Falk, but it was intended to be it's a Connery. Connery. It's my, okay. uh, my Connery is, uh, I am the last one. So that's where it all kind of stems <laughs> from. Mm. The blush. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's a better Connery than me. Yeah. Yeah. More Scotty. Yeah. More Scottish. Well, we'll just next time oh. we'll just do the exact same oh, accent. Yeah. <laughs> just better. We'll, we'll, we'll get better. I mean, Derek's Jack pa Palance. Palance. Yeah, Jack Palance. 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 This is already very refined. Yes. Yes. It's not yes. really just well done. A lot. <laughs> I too have done one or more sessions alone in my car as Werner Hartson. <laughs> I think you got you got a couple others though that are real good. Other impressions. Yeah, I do, I, I are good. do okay with impressions. You, you'll be able to change it up. Yeah. Us no. I love the Werner. The trees are in misery. <laughs> I don't the even trees. think the birds sing. They just screech in pain. Werner, how do you feel about nature? I don't like it. <laughs> I feel as though nature is fornication and. Uh, abstract malice against creation 
I understand. Dang. I find that life itself is a vast desert of sorrow in which the mountains become salt and our tears flow like rivers down. <laughs> this is more than we asked. Thank you, Werner. It's, it's really but, easy right. for me to keep this Warner, going for a very long time. <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot, Warner. Shut up! <laughs> Go home, Warner. Welcome to the show. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you check out all the shows on the podcast network. We got yeah. text before yeah. going. Yeah. There's more of this. Tinkering, going down to South Park <laughs> and this show. Uh, there's lots more episodes of this show, so check out the other uh, the other movies we've yeah. done. And, yeah, we uh, did Germany Year Zero. Follow along with us. What are we doing next week, Tim? Is it my pick? It is. It's your pick. Oh fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Germany uh, Year Zero again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Germany year one. Tune in next week to find out what yeah. Tim picks. No, yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, I'm feeling... We can leave it as a cliffhanger. Yeah, no. maybe we'll edit it as yeah. a cliffhanger. Yeah. We'll just dun, yeah. dun, dun, you dun, know dun, what? Dun. Tune in next week. <laughs> Tune in next week and we'll find out. Same bat time, same bat channel.